Welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my stalwart psychic, who's always at my side, Hostway. It was a big fucking week for nerdum. Like, <laughs> I did not so anticipate much. this fucking week so soon. Yeah, what do we get to the news? Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, it was a big week. We had a big movie to watch. Uh, we had a bunch of announcements. We had some trailers. There's a little thing called the Super Bowl. If you're the kind of person that cares about that, like me, you know, a lot going on. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of good stuff, though. I'm very excited to get into it with you. So we're not going to waste time. Let's just jump straight into the news. Uh, first of all, there's a awesome exclusive preview of a comic book that I think would be really great for you to check out. Um, it is a new book coming on Comixology called Trick Pony. And it's from Greg Lockhart and Anna David. I'll send you a link. It's about an aging gay rodeo star. And I love the look of this. I love the idea of it. In a Um, rodeo western. Yeah, and look at the art style. Like, it's fucking great, dude. Like, it's just just absolutely, like, super indie comic, but, like, really nice and pretty, too. Like, I like it a lot. And through Comixology? Yeah, it's through Comixology, okay. but I think Comixology does publishing, like printing now. Okay. So uh, I think that'll be an actual printing one. It will be released digitally at the end of February, though. So. Oh, yeah. Okay. We do have a lot of strikes at the, at the shop. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, hopefully this, this does get uh, printed. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think it, I think it looks really cool, and I like this the art of it. Mm-hmm. It kind of has that, like, antique look of, like, a picture of everything else, or even no holds barred. You know what I mean? I like yeah. that. Yeah. So really cool the second thing is they are reprinting the jeff bone or jeff smith bone anthology uh and it's going to be uh wait no actually sorry this is an up- a new upcoming anthology sorry it's called okay. uh bone more tall tales because the oh. original one was called tall tales yeah and um the cool thing is is the uh we do have the cover and i'm a big bone fan we've we've it's a great yeah in the past so here's the cover it's got the three bones originally together and a stupid rat creature of course Um, (laughs) so love that i love the three of them together it was never really the same once they weren't really all together all the time yeah yeah it wasn't really the same story so but the cool thing is is that some of the tales are going to be illustrated by of course jeff smith but also stan sakai get the fuck out really matt smith katie cook and scott brown are all doing art but can you imagine a stan sakai bone story that's so cool (laughs) i'm like i need this (laughs) i really want to get it so that's really cool next thing uh boom studios is putting out a new one shot uh that is a buffy the vampire story that's going to be in continuity uh and it's going to be from casey gilly and lauren knight uh, who are two people that I really like. I really like their work. Uh, Lauren Knight obviously does Time Before Time and Golden Rage. Um, mm-hmm. And like, I just think this would be really, really cool. Um, it is a one shot. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, obviously, they've been doing that a lot with, with in the past with Buffy and Angel. They would do these long series. But lately, they've been doing like minis or one shots. Same thing with Firefly. All, all the Joss properties, basically. Mm-hmm. They're doing little shots of it, which I think is kind of cool. You don't have to worry about too much continuity. So, uh, Next thing that I saw, this actually looks kind of cool, and I might check this out. It's a comic from Cameron Johnson, who is an actor. Uh, he's the one that played Batwing in the Batwoman show. 
and he's actually going to be writing his own comic called Tower. Uh, so CBR does have an exclusive uh, look at this. This is from A Wave Blue World, which is a company that I love and should definitely get more attention. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the people that we really, really like work with them a lot. Um, Michelle Abinader, uh, Justin's friend that that I interviewed, right. works with A Wave Blue World. They're the ones republishing uh, the um, the LGBT book uh, anthology they did. So mm-hmm. really cool stuff. Um, but yeah, I think this is really cool. Um, I it looks it this looks like a cool like um they describe it as combines combat sports and video games. Yeah, so, interesting. Yeah, I think it looks really nice. Uh, I'll probably pick that up because Wave Blue World, you know, give them more some more some more money. So, <laughs> um, that's all I got for the indies. So let's talk about some DC stories. First of all, um, so the next Green Lantern book that we're getting is the one with the green lanterns being quarantined on earth, which is also the next movie we're getting. Right. Isn't that or the show, the show we're getting. It, it's, 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 it was pitched very grounded. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So let's send this to you. Cause we got some concept art, including a pretty cool look for Sinestro and some, oh, nice. some street gear for a lot of people, which I really like. I love oh, the Sinestro what, street what gear. Check that shit out. He looks badass. And, there's a couple okay, other that cover looks cool. Yeah. Come on. But, Ooh, that's yeah, classics. That second cover is very much a Green Lantern Ooh. cover. Mm-hmm. I do like the Hal and Carol like knocking on the door one. Oh my god, okay, the carnival one. Oh, okay, the, oh, the San Astro one. I need this cover so bad. Right? Isn't it sick? Him in the street clothes? Like, I mean, he looks yeah. sick, dude. And then yeah, you get you got Hal oh, and, and like, Kilwog in street clothes. That <laughs> is really cool on him. Yeah. Oh damn! And that tank, fuck yeah! Why isn't he? Why doesn't he visit more after? He looks cool as hell. Yeah. So I think this is really cool. I think this has some real potential. I was a little, little not sure about it, but I think I think I'll pick it up because I really like the last Green Lantern. Run. Well, at the very least, I, I need this cover to go next to my um, my New Fifty Two Green Lantern cover, where it's like it's the Greg Capullo variant of Sinestro holding the green ring. It looks so sick. So I need those together. Nice. Uh, next up. DC is bringing back Batman, the brave and the bold as an anthology series in hmm. May. Um, so it's going to be an ongoing one. Uh, just, <laughs> just when you got rid of urban legends, <laughs> exactly you just retitle it. <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. Um, it's a 64 page issue featuring four different stories. Does this sound familiar? Uh, <laughs> the, the first one, the first story is uh, Tom King and Mitch Gerard. Okay. The second one is Dan Mora. Ooh. As he makes his writing debut. Oh, get the fuck. I was going to say, like, oh, is this Tom King? No, that's, that's actually really good. As he pins a series of Batman black and white short stories. Oh, nice. <laughs> he's writing and drawing. He's got, he's got no time to color. And then the third story comes from Ed Brisson. Ooh, okay. And the fourth Pretty. story comes from Christopher Cantwell. So let's let's just oh. review this. The four okay. writers are... <laughs> the four, four fucking writers in this are going to be fucking... Tom King, Dan Mora, Ed Brisson, and Christopher Cantwell. <laughs> like, that is a brave and a bold ass. Oh, book. with, with a Simone this. DeMeo cover, by the way, in case you were wondering. Ooh. <laughs> Actually, there's a couple covers. I'll send you that so you can check those out too. Uh, the Simone DeMeo one's pretty obvious, but it's the first one. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. I'll get this one. I'm, I'm gonna have to buy this, aren't I? <laughs> I'll get this one. <laughs> but yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, these are cool. I'm trying not to get talked into buying another Batman book. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I know. But I mean, like, for you can't just say Dan Moore's writing debut. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have the upcoming Shazam series. Um, now, Billy, there's there's been a confusing thing in comics where Billy Batson was Captain Marvel, but then Marvel's like, no, we own that shit. Mm-hmm. And so they started calling him Shazam, which was the name of the wizard that gave him his power. It led to a bunch of Frankenstein jokes because it's not Frankenstein's actually the doctor, not the one, you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, they have announced that his new name is Captain. What? <laughs> his new code name is just Captain. What? <laughs> I know. It's fantastic. Just it's keep so it the fan- way it was in. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And apparently it's done as like a joke at first uh, where like the other kids are calling him, oh, okay, Captain. Uh-huh. You know, and then it just sucks, basically. <laughs> it's like now, now, now they're just gonna want to like take Cap like to, for for DC. Yeah. So okay, <laughs> I thought that was funny though. I had to mention it. Um, next up, we did find out that the Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League game is getting a prequel tie-in comic. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> That'll come out in May. I'm sure someone cares. Uh, <laughs> I, actually, the sad part is I kind of care because it's written by John Layman. <laughs> because I love John Layman, but oh. I cannot bring myself to give a shit about that's fucked up. Why that? Why has that not happened before? Like before a more, a more serious Suicide Squad book. Damn yeah. I would, shit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also, they did announce that Peacekeeper or Peacemaker is getting a new series called Peacemaker Tries Hard. Oh. Um, yeah. It's him readjusting to civilian life and going to great lengths to protect a cute puppy. Yeah. Um, so it's a black label six issue mini. <sighs> I, I mean, I, I didn't see like, like, like people, people were, were excited that it's like going to be written by Kyle Starks, which is like, yes, pretty, yeah, exactly. It's, it's written by fucking Kyle Starks. So I like Kyle Starks. He did six sidekicks of trigger Keaton, which is a book I did not oh. think I would love. And I <laughs> fucking loved he also did I Hate This Place, which I really enjoyed. And the art's by Steve Pugh, who did Animal Man. Ah, uh, okay. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, like, annoyed. <laughs> I don't want to buy this book. I don't like Peacemaker, but whatever. Uh, the last DC stuff I have is related to um, a certain district of the DC universe we're going to talk about a little bit later, which is the White Knight universe. Ooh. Uh, I said this to you earlier this week when I first saw it, but... Batman White Knight's story continues with two new series. Mm-hmm. One starring the Joker slash Jack Napier's children. Yep. And a world's final, finest title with Superman. Yes. Now, even though it is the Sean Murphy universe, it's not going to be Sean Murphy writing it. No. But it's still uh, people we, we have that have been at the helm before. Yeah. So he's going he's gonna to consult on the story. But the writers of the Generation Joker one are Katana Collins and Clay McCormick. Katana being his wife, and yeah. who did the Harley Quinn book. Yeah. And the art is by Mirka Andolfo. Yeah. And I swear yeah. to God, if you could get me to buy a book, that's how to do it. Like, <laughs> uh, and uh, does it give you the description on your side? Because um, it does give you a little inside scoop on the back of this issue. I didn't look at it. Oh, okay. So I didn't look at any like summary or anything like that. So uh, along with that, we did get um, a look at, and I, I'm trying to figure out if this was in the issue you're going to talk about later today. No, this is, wait, what issue of Beyond the White Knight do you have? 
seven this week okay oh sorry, sorry eight 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 okay that's why i was confused i'm like this is an eight okay we're gonna talk about that later then so we're good um i had that as news but i thought it was because it was the next issue not this one so cool all right well that's all the dc i got well let's launch over to marvel <clears throat> okay oh wait I, ha- I had one one more shout out um yeah we were, since we we're kind of halfway talking about like solicits um and one that's like that deserves to be a uh, cause shout out also just for uh for focs for, for our listeners uh for may because i'm gonna talk about two two may books um if you don't shout about this other shout out this other one um power girl gets her one shot uh, at least dc gets her gives that's her solid. her one shot and who's been carrying uh power girl but create a uh, creative team of leah williams and marguerite savage are going to be taking on that helm still so that's awesome like great for the writers great for the character dc like <laughs> these are the these are the right moves you got another one? You said two, right? Oh, yeah, but the, the, it'll be for Marvel. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's also a, Mar- a May solicit, but for Marvel. Gotcha. All right. And then um, first up, we love a good variant series from Marvel. They always do a really good job. Mm-hmm. And the new one is X-Men, Thor, and She-Hulk becoming Spider-Verse heroes in this new variant cover series. X-Men, so Thor, see- and She-Hulk specifically? And, and when you see... Spider Verse Storm. Oh, it's like the title. It's like yeah, the header. There's That's a bunch awesome. of them, so you can go through them. There's a Captain Marvel I, one, which I really like. The Moon Knight one, where the fucking cape is a web. Like so okay, the Moon Knight one is awesome. Uh, Scarlet shit. Witch, oh, Ghost Rider, Scarlet Witch is great. Um, okay, the cup, the cup, the couples are cool because um, the a rogue looks like the the latest one, the 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 gay man one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has like the the same yellow. Storm is awesome. One is sick. Oh, Bloodline. That's what I'm saying. That should be your costume. Spider Man. (laughs) Spider Man would be the greatest Marvel assassin, and Bloodline just might take that rank if this actually becomes canon. That one is uh, Sharon Carter. (sighs) Oh, Sharon Carter, cool. But this fucking oh my god, the Human Torch one. Human Torch one is sick. That's just Seppi like, coming, Coley. This yeah. web, <laughs> web of flame. Oh, shit. That'd be cool. Groot and Rocket is a fun mm-hmm. one. Uh, Red it? Goblin. Red Goblin. Uh, so that's oh, She-Hulk, She-Hulk. Which is great. It's it's a Jin Bartel She-Hulk cover. Okay. Which is great. Colossus looks awesome just because he does look like one of those like, futuristic like off-Spider-Verse ones. Yep, exactly. And, uh, and Hellcat. Hellcat. Yeah, I can't I wait to love Hellcat hers. series. So. <laughs> Thor is so good. And the Hellcat one, that's David Baldion, by the way. So. Oh, cool. Oh, it is. The, yeah. the Thor looks goofy as hell. Yeah. And then there's the Beyonder, which is oh, just God, amazing. No. And then a Deadpool <sighs> Spider-Verse by Peach Momoko. Holy crap. Cool. Levels of Inception. Cool. Oh, and then the, the Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. I love the different webbing, like of the different magic mm-hmm. styles. That's cool. So, yeah. That's a cool series. I'm probably gonna. That's not fair because I know that. Um, remember the Alex Ross timeless ones? He's do, mm-hmm. he's bringing it back, but for the villain side, and there's a lot of great ones. Nice. Uh, the only other Marvel comic news I have is that we are going to be getting introduced to a new villain for She-Hulk in the comics, and this this here right now. Nice, because I think you'll like this. His name is Scoundrel. <laughs> and he's slated to crash into her life as her latest arch enemy. But that cover, they're awfully cozy. I know. I like the covers where they're cozy, where she's cozy with Jack instead. Yeah. And then if you look at the the scene, he looks like awfully flirtatious. It doesn't have the lettering in. 
Yeah, but no, like when, he, when he's like hugging her and stuff, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of excited about this. So, um, yeah, it's really great. So, um, yeah, <laughs> we will um we will see what happens with Jack of Hearts. Hopefully, everything will be okay. So. Everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. So we're gonna start talking about movies. Uh, I have a little bit of movie news I wanted to go over before we. Wait, are we still talking about, talking about comics? Have, like, oh yeah, do, do the solution, okay. Yeah. Did Did you ever talk about the an upcoming little book called Daredevil and Echo? No. That'll be um, drawn art by Phil Noto. Oh. And this then this will not be one of those like flashback arcs like like the Gambit or the Storm ones. There'll be actually there'll be another Storm one that is like a, a throwback one. This will be um, very much in canon. Um, something, something about the Demo Goblin. So they're, they're teaming up. Uh, so reunited last with Echo. Herself fresh from a brief time as a host from the Phoenix Force. So pretty recent. Current times. Um, so now they're telling us that she doesn't have the Phoenix Force already. Like, that's yeah. All it's it's only for that one. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Whatever the fuck. But <laughs> I, I didn't reveal the writers. The writers. Uh... T- bringing it more bringing him more into the centerfold of the MU canon written by Taboo and B Earl. Fuck. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, dude. That's perfect for echo. I love it. Right. Exactly. Dude. I've, I've been, so, I was reading, I was reading the, the, the description. I was like, oh, cool, cool. and it's like, Oh, that's what I needed. I needed that. How canon this was, how canon this was going to be. And I'm so excited for this. It'll be a four, a four issue mini coming out in May. Nice. All right. Some movie news. Um, First of all, I did not know that Disney is making a live-action Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. I'm worried about this. Mm-hmm. Because it's one of the better Disney movies, in my opinion. Yeah. And Nani is Bay. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, however, we do have our first casting news. We just don't know who they're going to play yet. Oh. And it's Zach Galifianakis. Is he going to play Stitch's voice? No, uh, um, uh, are they gonna like uh, detective Pikachu it? I hope not. They better not. I no, was... no. I mean, he could, he could, they could warp it and make him, you know, just talk like Stitch. You know? They could. Um, I hope not. I was thinking of uh, the big alien with like the four eyes. Yeah, I could see that. So, but that's interesting. Uh, so, next thing, there's apparently this is rumor, but it's a strong rumor, so I'm gonna use it. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they are rebooting the Hellboy movie again. Again? Yes. No! And they are rebooting it with Brian Taylor as director. Now, here's here's the thing. Now, I should mention, this is from Discussing Film, who is a, a reputable source, right? Now, here's the problem, right? Can you name a movie Brian Taylor has done? Oh, he's a crank dude. Yeah. Um, he also did Ghost Rider 2. Which is what I was excited and, and for because it was the Crank Dudes. <laughs> I was so excited for, for Ghost Rider 2 because it was the Crank Dudes, but it was Ghost Rider 2. Yeah, he only wrote Jonah Hex. I should be clear, he didn't direct it. Okay. Um, um, but so, yeah, <sighs> it's called Hellboy the Crooked Man. Is According to the... It's a strong rumor. I do, I do love this, the, the, the title already. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's in it's in good hands where like it's someone that could get at least like a dope style into into Hellboy, um, but we'll see. These are very uh, very particular movies that this this man makes. I liked the last Hellboy, but yes, I, I. 
I don't think anyone's going to accept a Hellboy movie without Ron Perlman until he dies, at least. I know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so. it's, it's going to be one of those Heath Ledger's Jokers yeah. things. Um, yeah, I, I was I was totally stoked uh, for the Arbor ones for the last one. Yeah, yeah, I liked. I think he did great. Mm-hmm. So. Next up, uh, Star Wars Celebration 2023 is coming up in April, and according to the Hollywood Reporter, once again, very reputable source. They are going to announce the next slate of Star Wars movies. Oh shit! Fingers crossed for the High Republic. That's all I'll say. <laughs> so, taking it back, back. I would love that. So, next thing, uh, another Marvel movie we're really looking forward to is the eventual movie for Fantastic Four, <sighs> and what could possibly happen there. Um, apparently, and this is according to Deadline reporter Justin Kroll. Um, they're going to step up the casting process this month. So they're oh, going to start shit. making some decisions. Nice. It said, while no names have been confirmed, he has revealed that Marvel's focus is to cast Sue Storm and build around her. Ooh. Which to me says it'll be a Sue Storm-centric story. Mm-hmm. Which kind of makes sense because she is the one that links them all. She's the fucking glue to the first family, yes. Yeah, so... I think that's cool. I think that would be uh, really interesting. Um, I'm terrified about the casting. I know. Um, but it seems like they want to start pushing in some cameos already. <laughs> one of the rumors is Mila Kunis. Oh, ooh, okay. Because she was recently seen having coffee with uh, Matt Shackman, the director. <laughs> nice. Now... I was suddenly, I had an idea just the other day about the Fantastic Four movie that I thought would be really cool and also piss off a bunch of assholes online. Why can't the thing be a woman? Let's just make <laughs> a thing a woman. How great would that be? A Jewish woman? <laughs> <laughs> like a Jew broad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I would love that. Like, but just throwing that out there, just in case Matt Shackman's listening. So, um, and we'll talk more about Fantastic Four tangentially in a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, last things we're going to go ahead and talk about is the trailers that occurred during the Super Bowl, specifically the two superhero movie trailers. <laughs> Josue. Yes. I know you have thoughts about one of these specifically, and like I do, let's talk about The Flash. <laughs> um,. They literally, I saw a tweet. They literally doubled down on Ezra Miller. Yeah. <laughs> They're literally like, you know what? Two Ezra Millers. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I kind of got excited seeing Michael Keaton back in the Batman cowl. Oh. And I got very excited to see Supergirl. Yeah, Kara looks like a spike. I was like, Fuck yes. I don't want to see this movie. I just don't care. And I'll explain because- why. This is the end of the DCEU. Mm-hmm. It's basically rebooting everything. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, it's a movie that doesn't matter because we know nothing's going to matter afterwards. So there's that. And there's also, you know, the obvious casting problem that we don't like. Also, we're, we have three Batmans, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. We shouldn't have that many Batmans. Like, I don't know. I just... <sighs> my my problem with it is Supergirl's not going to make it out of this movie alive, and that really makes me annoyed. Oh, yeah. She's not going to be Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. She's not going to play that role in that movie. No. 
I, so, I don't think they're going to give it to her I, I, with the slate they're going with. Yeah. So I'm just like, what's what's the point of this movie? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and then also Ezra Miller. I don't want to stare at Ezra Miller, and I definitely don't want to watch Ezra Miller act to Ezra Miller for two hours <laughs> twice. That's just sounds like the worst thing possible. What did you think? Because I, I saw your tweet about it, and I think you summed it up pretty well. So. I was relieved that they showed as much as they did because I basically know how this movie will play out, or at least, or at least like, <laughs> or when eventually they'll reference back into a movie, or even in conversation, it's like, oh, wasn't it super cool when this happened? It's like, yeah, sure, I, I believe you. I believe that happened. Like, I, there was no mystery to the movie left. Like anything that I was wondering about was pretty much answered. So I guess for the first time in a long time, I'm excited for the next trailer for it to reveal the extra pieces to the puzzle to like, not to give less of a shit to go watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other trailer was the new trailer for guardians of galaxy volume three, which by the way, pulled in 134.1 million views in 24 hours. Oof. It's the first time a Super Bowl trailer has topped 100 million views in 24 hours, and it made 134 million. So it's Damn. not like it barely beat 100 million. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and the funny thing is, we've already seen bits of this movie. It's not like it's the first trailer, really. Like, we've already seen little bits of this already. Yeah. I am, and you can quote me here, going to cry during this movie. <laughs> Um, I cried during both Guardians, <laughs> so this one's <laughs> going to kill me. Um, uh, we have theories. I'm not going to theory craft on this show because I don't want to potentially spoil anything because I'm usually pretty good at analyzing plot and figuring out where things are going. Someone's going to die, <laughs> um, and that's sad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it looks great. We got to see Adam Warlock in action. Oh, cool. that flying sequence looks... Weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looked really good. All the action looked really good. Um we got to see Craglin, which is really cool. I, I, I like Craglin. I think he's funny. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think the if you look back over the movies, I think it becomes readily apparent that these movies are Rocket's story. Um, not Peter's story. Like, in a way, they're Peter's story, but really it's Rocket to me. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think, coming into this last movie, it's going to be the real... He's going to be the core of this movie. Yeah. Uh, of course, we'll be happy to see Peter and Gamora meet back up, which I'm glad they didn't like hide that in the trailer that she's going to show up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. They were just like, we know she's going to be there. Shut up. You know, <laughs> like, so great trailer, though. I'm really excited. I, I'm really sad that this is the end of the Guardians. I know. Yeah. It doesn't have to be, but at least like for this core team. Yeah. <laughs> With James Gunn leaving. Mm hmm. I mean, Taika. I mean, who else would I even trust? You know what I mean? I know. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I would actually like a different spin. I was like, not necessarily recreating like another James Gunn esque. If, if they're continuing with it, like, yeah, a different director with their own style or flavor to put in with the guard to throw in the Guardians. Yeah, fuck yeah, have fun with it. Yeah, but great trailer. Really yeah. enjoyed it. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to the last thing we're gonna talk about before we start talking about comics, which is Josue and me both watched. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania already. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed it. So I would like to point out real fir- first real quick that the critics gave it a 48 on Rotten Tomatoes, oh, but the audience gave it an 84. Okay, yeah. So 
it's much, it's much better that what closer to a proper score i um i think we're gonna say spoiler free because it's opening weekend okay uh as much as we can i i told liz that if you sandpapered off the name marvel and release this movie, this, the critic score would go up 15%. Because I think they just, critics just hate the MCU right now. That's mm-hmm. just the way it is. There's no way every movie since Endgame has been bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, yeah, but everybody expects the next movie to be Endgame, which is, yeah, no. This movie is the second lowest rated Marvel movie. The only one below it is what? Eternals. What? That yeah. makes no fucking sense. So, so Quantumania and Eternals apparently is worse than Thor. And Thor the Dark World, and Incredible Hulk, and Black Widow. <laughs> like, That's so dumb. When, it, I, think, I think it's also people just like still writing on the fact that it's been really easy to hate on, to critically um, hate on or bomb the Ant-Man movies. Um, that this, oh, fuck yeah, this one was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Um, the action was cool. Mm-hmm. I told I, My full review was, it was really fun. It was very funny. It was very weird. Mm-hmm. And that's why I loved it. Yes. I, now, was the story, story rock solid? No. I had several instances where I was like, little things I'd change. And that would make a big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I, I, funny enough, I, if Case is listening to this, hi, Case. Uh, <laughs> I, I think this could have used another pass. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think there's little tiny things that could have been, oh, such a little fix. That would have made it so much better. And I just feel like I felt the superhero formula a little bit, but only in the story. Yeah. Uh, Character arcs weren't quite as defined as I would like. Some of them didn't really have character arcs. Um, Yeah. I mean, they really kind of branched off into like almost like four different plots for a second with the characters. Yeah. Um, One person in particular, I thought kind of phoned her performance in uh it's it's uh it's janet unfortunately i i she didn't seem really committed to portraying the drama of the role to me mm-hmm. she kind of just stared off in the middle distance when she talked i was like okay i will say that i'm excited for the future of cassie i love cassie yes Lynn. um i thought she did a great job i know there was controversy over her being recasted but i'd like Whatever. to point out that character was already recast once and no one had a problem the first time yes so, <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know um but the two highlights. I mean, let's let's just talk about my big head boy, Modoc. <laughs> every, time every time he was on the screen, time. I started laughing. Me too, dude. We, I, it was the best. Uh, it was it was so good. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't handle it. I was literally like, it's fucking Modoc. <laughs> I was literally like, I'm in a theater in 2023 watching a live action movie with Modoc in it. What a world we live in. I love it so much. And then the performance. Again, I won't get into too much, but just fucking perfect. The the scene with Cassie and Modoc near the end. Uh-huh. And try not to get spoiler. One of the funniest things I've seen in a Marvel movie in a long time. Yeah. Um that was great. Uh and then we have to talk about John the Majors. Oh my god, fuck yeah. We yes we do. A revelation. <laughs> I told Liz, Kang is already a better developed character than Thanos. I like Thanos. I thought Thanos was great. Yeah, Thanos was awesome. But it took till like the second half of Infinity War to give a shit about Thanos. And right. I already give a shit about 
all the kings. <laughs> like, you right. know? I mean, like it, it was already it was he wasn't menacing, but it was like the fact that there was like an eeriness to the king and Loki. There's obviously obviously something super freaking weird, but eerie because he didn't pull off like any major stunts. But this one fucking a. Now we do know the at least the stretch of his power, power scale. He spoke with so much calmness. Mm-hmm. He was very assured of himself, but in, <laughs> and he and he almost it's almost like he pitied everybody around him. He conveyed that so well because he knows he's better than everybody. You and know and I mean? in a different way where like where we've been used to um at least like the first era of the MCU from Loki, very sure of himself, but it's like he's meticulously choosing his words so that you're doubting if you're trusting him or not. This guy's like straight up just yeah, no, it's different. Yeah. And again, I don't want to spoil with this really great. I will also say this is by far my favorite Hank Pym of the Ant Man movies. Dude, I was the only one cackling um and i'm sure you know it was a specific joke that he says that i was the only one in the room dying and it was he was yeah. he was fantastic um liz is a notorious hank pym hater she hates, <laughs> the, she hates the character in general i get i get it i know i understand yeah I understand, and she dude. was she was laughing she's like that's the most i've ever liked hank pym i'm like yeah. sick good <laughs> uh she didn't like the movie as a whole we won't get into that mm-hmm. liz is a harsh critic but we know that oh yeah yeah we know um, that we know this and then I will say, uh, okay, so I mentioned, I teased we're going to talk a little bit more about Fantastic Four later. And this is where I kind of wish that, um, like, speculation websites would calm the fuck down Mm -hmm. and don't get our expectations up. Because there was the report that William Jackson Harper was cast in a mystery role. Oh, yeah. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, He's Professor X. He's Reed Richards. Spoiler alert, he's neither of those characters. (laughs) And he's great in this movie. Yes. But now I just want more. (laughs) This actor obviously offers so much more than just this role. Yeah, me too. I get you. I think he definitely deserves to do more. And hopefully we'll see him again. Yeah. Um, We'll see. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to um, uh, Kitty O'Brien, who played the um, the badass chick. I always forget her name. Uh, Gentora. Oh, the warrior? Fuck yeah. Yeah, she was great. She was really cool, too. So, yeah, good movie. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to, because I, I know I saw your tweet about this. And again, we don't want to spoil, but I'm going to make a guess at something. Your new favorite joke in the MCU. Was it the holes joke? No, no. Oh, okay. Liz thought it was that. We were we were trying to bet. Was it was it the Modoc one then? It's it's usually like a very stupid joke, and yes, it, it's it's a Modoc joke. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, <laughs> I thought it was one of those two. The holes one I really liked. I like it was it. really it was really good, and and it just sucks because it's, it's too soon. I was I, I was still just sweetly holding on to like my previous favorite MCU joke, which was um, Ben Kingsley's uh, Planet of the Apes bit in in Shang Chi. It just it just comes in. No pre, no pre uh, set up. It just comes in into it, and you're catching up, and you're like, "What the fuck is this guy talking about?" And you ca- once you catch on, it's one of the best fucking jokes of all time. And damn it, I have to let go of it because the the Modoc delivery was so good, <laughs> so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's obviously some polishing to be made. It's not the best MCU yeah, movie, but I think yeah, I think it's somewhere in the middle, which is fine. 
Um, Which is really funny because the my previous favorite MCU joke was an Ant Man bit, but it wasn't an Ant Man movie. It was the uh, when Cap says like, "You got this." Uh, Ant Man is like, "You're right, Captain America. I do got this." I fucking love that delivery so much. <laughs> Uh, I think this is the last time we see Hank and Janet Pym for a while, at least, at least uh, in a in an actual role. Like they might pop up, but it'll be like a cameo. like a big ensemble. Yeah, I don't see them making an impact again. Probably, and I would. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't really see Hope much either. So, Ooh, yeah, yeah, I definitely push Cassie. Yeah, we got that Young Avengers, and don't forget who Iron Lad was. <laughs> Iron Lad was a young king. <laughs> like just saying. They're kind of setting that up, just throwing that out there. So but yeah, bottom line, thumbs up. I really enjoyed the movie. Absolutely. Really anything. Uh, I mean not, not to be in hate on it. It's just like it's, it was a good movie. I was like, I just like I as much as I enjoyed the other this other one as well, um, for movies that have been like running sequels and that have been like in other movies as well. For this one, I I do rank it just like just above uh Love and Thunder. It was just I, I had more fun with this one, especially I get the other one was supposed to be like also a comedy, but this one, these deliveries were just were just so fucking uh, good, uh, spot on for me. Question: Because we talked about this on the way home, actually. How do you rank the Thor movies? Oh man, that's hard. Because um, we had a discussion over which one's better, one or two. Oh, one. You think? Yes. So I think that two's better because I I have no interest in watching one again. I'll watch two again for fun. And I, a lot of shit happens in two. <laughs> like nothing yeah, happens but, in one. <laughs> like like man, except Hawkeye. Like it's Hawkeye's first appearance is the big thing. I'll yeah. give I'll, I'll give two an honest rewatch again and let you know. I just honestly I fucking love uh, Breno's Asgard in the beginning. Like I yeah. just I love that spectacle so much. Yeah, and we were just talking about it, and because for me it goes three, four, two, one. So which one? Three, four, two, one. Three, four, two, one. Okay. Yeah. See, that, that's the thing. So I was gonna rank. Obviously, it. Ragnarok's number one. That's why yeah. I want to. That's why I want to rewatch number two just in case, because it also could just be like of the times uh, and how much I was super fucking stoked for it. Um, one, four, three, two. Wow, mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I think you're the only person I know that thinks one is the best one. That's um. As as much as I like, I do enjoy them, and then I mean, you know my thoughts for for three. Um, I, I'll just I'll just all forever just be bitter for for it. Um, it's just that the more they came out, though I do love the character and everything that's that's come out from them. It's the series I've taken I've taken the least seriously. <laughs> so that that that's why this is my ranking, and I I, just, I really enjoy one. Gotcha. Cool. All right. So enough stalling. Let's talk about comics. <laughs> okay. Uh, good. Because that was a lot of stuff. Let's talk about some comics. And as we start, we start not with a bang, but a boom, as always. Starting off with Boom Comics, and I got a stack of books this week. First of all, Mosley, number two, written by Rob Guillory, illustrated by Sam Lofty, or Lotfi, uh, colored by Jean Francois Ballou, and letter by Andrew Thomas. Um, yeah, I, I did like this one a lot. Um, we did kind of see like more of his daughter's perspective right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then we just see him go on a rampage. And I love the idea because it's depressingly like realistic humans that don't want to be free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, right. God, that's just us, isn't it? <laughs> like as a society, like um, really cool. I really enjoyed it. I, I like the uh, I like the little touches 
like the uh the nanny bots at the end i thought that was a really kind of cool interesting touch of like how humanity is changing you know what i mean and <laughs> relying on technology too much i thought that was kind of cool um but yeah good second issue what do you think um yeah no I, I also i also enjoyed it it's just it's it still kept me it didn't move me from my spot um not necessarily of whether i like this book or not i do um it's on like where am i supposed to look on like on who am i supposed to root for it's just like i still very much follow the daughter um but i want to know what her goal is because like i mean everybody is like already like just brained out on like on their texts but obviously this is like the bad message but it's like i'm not gonna follow mosley because just because he's just bitter against like the world um right. so i just I need to know more about about like where the daughter's heading with this because like she does have a good head on her shoulders and a good idea here um and now we enter the cliffhanger and oh my god she's gorgeous <laughs> yeah right hell yeah <laughs> i have the same thought Nice. Next up, Grim number eight. Written by Stephanie Phillips, illustrated by Flaviano, color by Rico Renzi, and letter by Tom Napolitano. Um, kind of setting up the new normal. Uh, in the past few issues, we've basically been told, hey, people can't die anymore. That's basically been the point of the last two issues. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're dealing with, like, how is that affecting the afterlife? How is that affecting the Reapers? And uh, I thought that was really cool. I like the because I got the scythe like line. I thought that was great. Um, the art, obviously, on this one's really good. I love everything with the three oracles, the three you know the sisters. Fates? Yes, yes. Um, I love the the way they're drawn and everything like that. I thought that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious to see where this is gonna go and how does her mother play into this? And hmm, we're we're building something here, and I really like what we're building. So, what do you think? the series is awesome like like, so like in this issue like the mom busting out (laughs) she's just a badass i um i can't wait i can't can't wait to just like to have her be more in the fold like with the with the actual ensemble um uh, for for a second i had to like close the book and really um tell myself i was reading grim because um the one that's running all, all the reapers there's like that that pilgrim with the the specs that look yeah. like the specs i was like is that a cameo? is that supposed to be a cameo because like we just saw like the the whole like the whole reveal over in specs um so I, or maybe there was a little nod uh but yeah the awesome issue the reveal that the fates give um jessica on like who she is or who she's supposed to be it's, it's so badass it's, it's leading up to something really 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 cool um yeah, and I can't wait for like the mom to, to also just like meet up with her now. Yeah, definitely. All right, that brings us to a finale. No. Eve, Children of the Moon, number five. Uh, written by Victor Laval, illustrated by Joe Mi-Yong, uh, color by Brittany Pierre, and letter by Ann World Design. Uh, well, I mean, it's I loved this finale mm-hmm. because in my head I was comparing it to the finale of the first volume. Me too. And I didn't want to. And where that one ended versus where this one ended. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting because I think the first finale was innocent and optimistic and childlike. No, and this, yeah. is, this is a f- more forced grown-up ending mm-hmm. that you have to take responsibilities. Sometimes you have to say goodbye to people. Sometimes these things happen. Sometimes you don't get everything you want. Yeah. And I thought that really summed up the two series so well and really like left a big impression on me. I also 
fucking love the fact that the entire time we were reading this volume, we were like, who's the bad guy? There wasn't one. No. And I loved that. And, like, that, and that's where, and that's where like, the, like, and that's where, like, it's, again, like, and then bringing it back to, like, what you even said from, like, the beginning, or to, like, the beginning of the series, this dreadful world can can now move on to being optimistic while like we had this whole arc about moving forward. The rest of the world is already, is already on board with Eve. It was just like getting this last faction and then this third faction like spawned from it. Um, but in the end there was no bad guy and we can lead to this better, better world that we're le- that we're just, like building towards. Yeah, no, you're so right. <laughs> it was just literally a political negotiation. Right. That was the conflict. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy, considering we have like robots that can take over bodies and a killer teddy bear and and all this. There's so many combustible elements, and it came down to just let's just work together, okay? <laughs> like I'm like, oh fuck! Like it was so good, it got me out of nowhere. So, what a great book! I loved it. I kind of wish they'd thrown in another song, but I think that might have been cliche a little yeah. bit. And and, and even I, I think I didn't want to take away from from the first one, like that first one. Like I, I still I fondly rem- like recall and like just crying so hard on like that song and like thinking of like the time and place for myself and like on and on that song which is like so would this was like aptly put so and but in this case like this last shot was just like so beautiful so it's like it's yeah again like optimistic in its own way because it's just such a yeah pretty last shot and there was like in the first volume the shadow that this older eve showed up mm-hmm. and so it's like the older eve can is technically the one in charge because she's older you know what i mean right but now the Eve we've been following the entire time, now she has to step up. She has to be the person. Right. So I think that's just the perfect arc for her. I thought it was really well done. And it was just like, and 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 at this point, much more uh, uh, hopeful for her to come back. The first, I, I would have been fine with if he, like, the way the first one ended, it seemed like it would have been fine on its own. But we got the sequel, and this ending just seemed like we can definitely come back. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. Last boom book, House of Slaughter 12. Uh, series development by James Tyner IV, written by Tate Bromble, illustrated by Antonio Fuso, colored by Mikhail Moretto, letter by Enroll Design, and designs development by Werther Deladera. I mean, what can you say? We get to see the butcher shop. Uh, I love that. Uh, I'm really loving that we're building this counterpart to the House of Slaughter. Mm-hmm. And it's just really interesting. I love her look. Oh, yeah. yeah. She looks absolutely crazy i love the flashbacks with them training mm-hmm. and and her i think i love you and it's like oh honey <laughs> like wrong trait you know what i mean like yeah. and i'm wondering if that drove a wedge between them or maybe he swings both ways i don't know we'll see so it's like holton one <laughs> but i thought it was i thought it was really cool um yeah really really interesting and I like how these kids are actually characters. I was worried because a lot of times the House of Slaughter, except for the, I mean, in this world, I should say, mm-hmm. except for the the current girl in Something Is Killing the Children. Or even in the first arc, too, I think the boy. I think they were just kind of like expendable, though. Like, I never, like, the one who ended up taking responsibility, I definitely had a connection to. Mm-hmm. But the meat shield kid, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> even though he survived, I was like, I don't care about this kid. You know what I mean? Um, these kids I actually care about. I think it's really interesting. And I think it's a statement to Jace and the character he is that makes me want to care about them. Right. As he fathers all these children by himself in a forest. <laughs> so, really cool. I'm really enjoying it. What do you think? Um, I just yeah, the, uh, being around Jace, I think Jace piecing together on like what's going on, with, what happened with Aaron, 
is just it's really it's really hitting it's i think it's really hitting him or like it's like what well, he he dreamt it but i think he's just like yeah like i said it's like leaning on like not believing that part uh but yeah having to having to focus on like rescuing these kids and i i, I, like, I like the spot he's in because he was he is such a badass but this father figure and now it's like it's like the whole danger of like avoiding his his house and now they're they've caught up with him that yeah. is interesting and I, do, and I do love his villain like she is she is very menacing and like this this they're like the hunters and like and, and even like the hunters from like the our house of slaughter like they're fucking they're hella menacing um I, I like the way they showed up because like they're hunters in a different way they actually they, they seem more like black mask hunters yeah and it's interesting you mentioned the Aaron thing this is the first time Jace is like realizing his pet monsters are lying to him Oh my god, that part was so funny to me. Like their blank, yeah. st- their blank stare, and like nothing. It's just, it's, it's so funny. It's just interesting that this one and the previous one with uh, Scarlet, mm-hmm. we're starting to see these pet monsters are almost as much of a hindrance as they are a help. Yes, and I'm, I think that's really interesting. I wonder if that's going to play into the future of the world. So yeah, just, just kind of an idea. So awesome. All right, next up is Aftershock, and I got two Aftershock books. Fear of a Red Planet, number three. I'm going to be very quick with this one um, because it's number three. Written by Mark Sable, art and colors by Andrea Olimperi, and a letter by Dave Sharp. It's the one where there is a murder on Mars, and this chick is trying to solve it, but she's stuck on Mars, and there's no one there, and they basically have to work on it. Um, It brings up the whole... I could just accuse somebody that no one likes and just get this over with and no one will be upset because no one likes him, even though I know he didn't do it. Or do I go for what actually happened? Do I look for the truth? So it's a really interesting kind of moral wrestle she has to do. I really like that. I think that's really good. So, and the action's really great. Like if you like space Marine type action, like in mech suits and shit like that, it's pretty cool. I really like it. And then the next one is a one-shot, A Foulness in the Walls. So, it's the cover. Yes. Uh, Josue did not get this, but he will. Uh, written by Cullen Bunn, art by Rodrigo Zayas, colors by Lorenzo Scaramella, and letter by Dave Sharp. It's a haunting story, but more poltergeist than home haunting. Okay. It is it is revolved around his home, but I feel like he's the one that's haunted. Gotcha. Okay. And it's fucking brutal. It's about a guy whose mother dies, and he's just trying to put his life back together, and he buys a shitty house, and there's a smell in the house he can't get rid of. And it's just about him putting his life together while also dealing with the smell. And it gets really intense... It it reminds me of the level of suspense of a movie like. Did you see Barbarian? No, not yet. It reminds me a bit of Barbarian, um, of even like Amityville, Amityville Horror. Maybe? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that where the main character is obviously off, and um. That that's not the true barbarian. Barbarian's more of the visuals, which you'll see when you read it. But yeah, um, so, but yeah, the main character. There's obviously something wrong with him, but he's still our main character, and that's always really interesting to follow. Like, I'm I'm of the um, minor opinion that I actually really like the newer Amityville a lot, 
the one with Ryan Reynolds. I thought he fucking killed that movie. I thought he was great. Yeah, for 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 that for retelling the original first one, I wish they would have remade the second one. I love Amityville to the Possession. It's a great fucking scary movie. Way better than the first one. Yeah, but I, I really liked this. I thought it was really cool. It's really grim. It's got a supernatural edge to it, and it's just like it's one of those things that makes you unsettled because you realize how easy it could be to just lose your mind. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's so. why I love the the second one of the Amityville ones. Yeah, so really, really good. And that brings me to Abstract Studios. Uh, very quickly, uh, we're going to talk about Parker Girls Five. I'm not going to talk too much about it. Everything's by Terry Moore. Um, I will say I did do the Kickstarter for Terry Moore's After Dark book, which is a bunch of like saucy sketches. I cannot wait. It's a, I think I mentioned it set a record for the most um, most money in the first day or something like that before yeah. the expanse ex- absolutely destroyed that. But yeah, um, they are investigating a murder that has been like a been stretched out over the rest of the series and they go full on CSI on the boat. And it's a lot of fun to see them like try to figure out like, Oh, they heard a slamming door, but these doors don't slam. What was the sound and things like that. Oh. It's really fun to watch that. So I like good detective work in fiction. So, uh, but I'll be, that's all I'm really going to talk about. And that one's pretty quick. So next up, what not publishing, which is really actually starting to get a, a groundswell. I'm cool. seeing a lot of really good whatnot books. Uh, being announced and stuff. So this one is Quested number three, and of course I got another homage cover, which oh, is the Legend of Zelda. Me that. I love that cover so much. Yeah, a jinx to the past. Love it. Um, <laughs> there was a Final Fantasy VII cover that I really wanted, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that was like a one in fifty because I never saw that. Oh, incentive. Yeah, high incentive. Yeah, so we'll see. All right, so this book um, story and script by Thomas Parson and Michael Calero, art by Kit Wallace, letters by Michael Calero. Um, this is the one with the, the like fake hero that was like faking kidnappings. And then the last issue got the magical D 20 that he was supposed to destroy in Mount doom quotes, but didn't, mm-hmm. um, this one introduces the ferryman, which is literally like Caron, you know, the ferryman, oh, yeah. the underworld. And you spend the entire time with him dealing with like the ferryman society and how, it's been taken over and how the underworld's not like it used to be. And he's like unsettled by it. It's all amusement parks. Now it used to be real damnation and feeding people to gods and stuff. And it all sets this up. And then it reveals that the heroes basically approach him as like a random rube to make a deal with him in a, in a diner. And he's just like staring at them angrily. And it's like, excellent. Like I want to see where that's going to go. So Mm -hmm. quest is a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying that book. Next up is a spoiler-free review, because it's not out yet, of By the Horns, Dark Earth, number seven. Oh, nice. There's only one issue left after this one. Ah. I'm going to be spoiler-free as I can. A lot happens in this issue. I will say this is definitely my first issue of this, or my favorite issue of this volume. Okay. Um, It might be my favorite By the Horns issue, period. I loved it. The action's fucking great. There's a lot of character moments, but the cool thing is there's no dialogue in the entire issue, (sighs) but there's a ton of, um, there's a ton of storytelling done by Evelyn, the eyeballs journal. Mm -hmm. So literally there's just entries into her journal as she's talking about the nature of friendship and stuff. She's not even talking about what's happening. 
She's <laughs> okay. just talking about like the friends she's made and how her horrible life was when the wizard kept her on the island and wouldn't let her go and how it was just is really good and it's really emotional. Mm-hmm. And like it's it's like high level emotion good shit. I really enjoyed it. And it sets up a finale that I I'm worried. No. <laughs> I'm worried we're going to lose somebody. And yeah, it's it's been really fucking good. I love I love this series. It's been one of my favorites since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art, the writing, everything in it is really, really, really good. I highly recommend it to everybody um, from Scout. Please check it out. Uh, it is our indie book of the year, two years in a row. Hell yeah! Uh, so I mean, if you need to know more, I don't know what to tell you, uh, but it's really, really good. Uh, I should also run down the creative team because I did not because I had a digital copy. I forgot to do that. <laughs> um, so oh, I downloaded it too. Let me pull that up. Um, but yeah, I mm, the action is really good. And oh, I remember what I was going to say about it because I, I want to remember to mention this. One of my favorite things about By the Horns is the way that they have crafted a unique fantasy world that does not borrow too much from other fantasy worlds. Okay. You don't have just dragons running around. They come up with all these unique creatures. They come up with these unique world, the way the world works. Some of these humanoids look nothing like you would see in any other fantasy story. So they really crafted like their own world and it works so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, Evelyn, the floating eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's great. So, uh, story and art by Marquise and Nasso and Jason Moore. Uh, color and effects by Steve Cannon. So, uh, pick it up. I really enjoy it, and I think you will too. So, also the Kickstarter for the first volume is going to be up soon. Um, you can check out Marquisen's, um Twitter for that. It's at Darth San, uh, and on there you can not only find a bunch of great metal reference or metal recommendations because he's a huge metalhead, like my co-host here, mm-hmm. um, but also keep track of that Kickstarter. And make sure to pick it up, because I think it's going to be a real fun book to have. And I think there might be some cool extras. We'll see. So, yeah. All right. Moving on from there. Uh, Man, I got like every indie publisher this week. Let's talk (laughs) about Oni Press. Um, I'll be very quick with this one. Rick and Morty versus Cthulhu number three. Right. Um, Written by Jim Zub, illustrated by Troy Little, colored by Leonardo Ito, and lettered by Crank. You might remember that Rick died at the end of, or the beginning of issue oh, two. Yeah. And this is about what happened to him. And Rick was reincarnated as this thing. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like, what's going on? And this creature's explaining it to him. And they say the great Yith. And it's funny because I know enough about Lovecraft. Yeah. That Rick went, oh shit, this is the shadow out of time, isn't it? And I'm like, <laughs> And I went, because uh, uh, I thought that I was like, oh, God, not the shadow of time. And he literally goes, it's his weirdest story. It's like, it's, it's like, his- <laughs> he's, it's, it's Lovecraft's weirdest story. And given the dude's super fucked up output, that's really saying something. It also bored the ever loving shit out of me. So I didn't finish reading it. Oh, my God. That's so great. <laughs> so I was like, yes, excellent. And literally the entire issue is Rick dealing with that, like being in that world. So I'm not going to go into detail. You know what this book is about by this point. Yeah. Reviewed three <laughs> issues. It's great. So, yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about Vault Comics. Now, Adrian was so great the best. To, send, to send me an advanced copy 
of one of their new books. And I cannot wait to talk to you guys about it. This will be another spoiler-free review because it's not out yet. Um, but this book is called The Nasty. Now, given what they've put out recently, I could see how some people would think this is going to be one thing. And especially if you see the cover, it definitely looks like it's going to be a specific thing, which is a horror story. It's also under the Nightfall imprint, which is typically horror, you know? And it has a horror tinge to it, but it's so much more than that. Like, I, I, I can't it wait. It always to is with this, with this publisher. That's why we love. I know that literally I'm like, they find new ways to revisit every genre they do. Yeah. I love it. Um, so creative team, uh, John Lee's writing. Art is by Adam C- Cahoon and guess what? George Combadeus. I called it. That boy's going to be everywhere this year. Nice. Um, colors by George Combadeus. Uh, and um, I believe lettering is by Jim Campbell. Uh, so what can I say that is not a spoiler? Um, I'm double checking what Adrian literally put in the, in the issue <laughs> or in the message <laughs> to make sure. To, um, I'll read what he put in his description. Cause I think it's a good description. Mm-hmm. It's the story of some college kids in Scotland, ma- Scotland making their first horror movie. And one of them has an imaginary friend who becomes a little more real every time the cameras roll. <laughs> yes, it's creepy, but it's also just as much of it as a horror story. It's more so a slice of life coming of age tale. Like imagine Goonies, but there's a serial killer. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like the worst serial like, killers. I mean, uh, <laughs> like. Someone who kills because, not for money. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I get you. Like, like, yeah. Like, imagine that kind of shit. Like, yeah. It's it's good. It's really good. And I think you're going to like, there's a lot of really great horror movie homages. Yeah. Or, like, little touches. Like, it's like the one thing I, re- I wish I had more time to, to read. I, um, but I will definitely get to get, get to it. And, yeah. Like, there's a lot of, like, this is, this is obviously a horror movie thing. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. Like horror movie cliches, not necessarily like there's a guy with claws who goes into your sleep. Not like that kind of homage, oh, yeah. but like you know, genre cliches which are fun. Like yeah, and I think you really like it because you love horror movies. And these kids, literally, their whole arc is we love horror movies. Sweet. So yeah, so check that out. The nasty. Uh, this is going to be really great. I'm looking to see if there is a release date in his message. I don't have a release date at this time. So just uh, go ahead and get it on your pull list uh, with your local comic book store. I'm sure they'll have it already. And you won't miss it. And I think you'll really like it. So, yes. Uh, and then the other book from Vault. I am going to kick it over to Josue to start this off. It's Door to Door, Night by Night, number three. I've read this because I got an advanced copy. I could not find a copy to purchase. Mm-hmm. So Josue has the creative team and stuff. I'll let him start it off. Yes. Door to Door, Night by Night, number three. Written by Colin Bunn. Artist by Sally um, Caterino. Uh, colors by D, D. Canopy. And lettering by Anworld Design. So we wrap up the... I thought they were homunculi, but they called them... I think they were goblins or something. Uh, regardless, it's it's really not. Yeah, they call they they refer to them as goblins. Regardless, it's none of those. They're ten, technically aliens, <laughs> um, but they do they do find out how they work. Um, like, basically, they they 
pr- project uh, project themselves like telepath uh, t- telepathically, and people start they or they start seeing themselves as those homunculi, and realizing like, and they find a way to, to go around it. And it's so it's this is like the weirdest issue so far. Like they're all uh, they're meant to be weird, but this one really took a, a like a step further on like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> when they go in and invade like their base slash ship and, and they start seeing, and, and we start seeing more, more of them too, of, of our group. And, and what, that's what makes this book so, so great. It's so weird, but instead of following like that woman from the first issue, which would have been like the rightful book, uh, vault does the vault thing. And instead we, we follow the normal people and like, and like their normal way to, to go about talking through these, through, through these very weird things. And, it's so great. I, I love. I just. I just like. I love how mundane like this group is, and they just. They they do solve this around. It, it's awesome. And then just like to just really hit it home, really fucking hit it home with that ending. Uh, them leaving town and like the town folk is just. They're just. It's 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 a, it's a great eerie ending with, with the with the set of eyes and it's like yeah the the those aliens left but damn it they leave something behind. It was really good. Yeah, very very it's good. really cool. I love the flashbacks just the very brief flashbacks you get for each character you get no dialogue so you don't get like a full context of why so it's so it's like you judging them for it like basically judging them for it which is and, and it's just nothing but like bad shots of like the other past like i don't say like their sins like because one was a priest but really like them like like it's like hitting rock bottom for like a lot of them um mm-hmm. so it just sucks that you don't get the full context of like why these people are here now yeah the priest specifically I because I was custom built to not like him. You know what I mean? Yes, like, and this one and this one the, the reveal for this one is kind of like, oh shit, like maybe with, yep. with some help. Yep. I thought it was such a good way to make me actually kind of like him a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, really good stuff. Uh I'm, it, it was good. I really enjoyed it. It's a great I should, book. I should mention because I forgot to mention, um, there is a cover for the nasty by Sally Cantorino. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I did get to see that, which was really cool. So Awesome. Well, that is all the small indies. Let's move on to the big indie, which is, man, that's a weird thing to say. I just got like an Indiana Jones thing <laughs> in my head there saying that. Uh, let's talk about Image before I say anything else. Um, image number 10. Nice. Did you get it? No. There's, I, I thought there was a bitter root cover, so there might have been like a little entry for it. It's uh, There is a bitter root story. Okay. It's only, it's only a one-part story. Yeah. Oh, uh, the, okay. new, the new stuff in here is uh, the Ansible, Bitterroot, WTFK, Illyrical, and In Hell We Fight by John Lehman and Jock. And Ooh. In Hell We Fight is... <laughs> it's the story about a bunch of devils in hell, but they look like this. Oh, Okay. And one of them finds a lucky coin. He's like, hey, he's looking through the stuff that he puked up, basically. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you know, a water damage comic book. And it's a copy of um, Chew, by the way, which is <laughs> nice. funny because it's John Lehman. Um, and he goes, oh, and a coin. A silver coin. Get the fuck out. Oh, damn and I'll it. Just, and I'll just leave it at that. I told you to damn. read it. I fucking told you to read it. <laughs> <laughs> It is a crossover with Silver Coin. Sick. Okay. Well, no. And he does give Michael Walsh a thank you at the end of it. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So really, really good. Check it out. 
All right, uh, but I'm not getting into all of them. Again, we're only two issues away from being done. I go back and actually read all these. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, next up, Three Keys number five. This is the end. Oh, okay. So, at least it's the end of the arc, at least. We'll see. Written, drawn, colored by David Messina. Color assist by Alessandra Alexakis and letter by Sean Lee. Uh, some of the best action in this series. Uh, just, oh, like, look at this shit. Like, like Ooh, yeah, just the action poses and stuff. Um, there's, it, it does come down to the final fight between, you know, the girl and her cat versus a corrupted girl and her cat who's transformed into a big monster now. Um, it's just really great shit. I'm trying to find a specific shot I wanted to show you. Um, like this, just the viscera and gore of this shot. Just Ooh, ridiculous. Good like, spli- yeah, good slice. Dave Messina is just great at that. So, uh, but yeah, it does wrap up the story and we get this cool, like, like last hero shot of them. Oh yeah. And it says the end. We'll see if there's going to be more. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, totally worth a pickup. So maybe we'll get a cool trade. Uh, next up is I Hate Fairyland, number four. Uh, so I got this cover, another another Peach Momoko cover. Nice. Um, so this one is uh, written by Scotty Young, drawn by Brett Bean, colors by Jean-Francois Ballou, and letters by Nate Picos. Um, so I love the fact that Peach Momoko keeps doing covers for this book because it's such a disgusting book. And... <laughs> And Peach Momoko's art is so just pretty. You know what I mean? And then I turn the page, and the first, the opening page, first of all, Gert looks like this. <laughs> yeah, I get, and, I get you. And the yeah. entire story is she needs to take a bath. That's the whole arc of this entire issue. Everybody's like, you're too disgusting. So you get, she's naked most of the, most oh of the issue. Oh my gosh. Like, but it's censored. And she gets swallowed by a monster. Oh, also, she smells so bad. That when she jumps in the water, she kills all the fish. So, <laughs> but she, yeah, she gets swallowed by a monster. She makes love to an imaginary man because she's like, I have needs and I was trapped in here forever. They're like, you've been in here like 30 minutes. <laughs> um, and she's like, well, I really hope the imaginary man I built isn't found by some blue fairy and brought back to life. And it's exactly what happens. And then he's a stage four clinger. Jesus Christ. Well, this book is crazy. I love it. So good stuff. <laughs> uh next up a uh, number one cool let's talk about torrents number one okay i i really like this and i think it's something you're going to want to jump into mm-hmm. um i think it's got some real potential for the future i think it's going to be something that might hit like radiant black i'm not okay. gonna say it's as big as that yeah but i can i can see it definitely getting the same um the same kind of push um, the writer is Mark Guggenheim, illustrated by Justin Greenwood, colored by Rico Renzi, and lettered by Keith Wood. Um, if you don't know the name Mark Guggenheim, you probably should, because he's the one who created Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. The shows. So, yeah, I think I'm a lot of his books, too. My two favorite DCW, I want to say. Oh, shows. nice. Yeah, Legends of Tomorrow is my favorite. Yeah, I think I like Arrow more than Flash. Oh, I like Supergirl a lot, though. But anyways, <laughs> I'll sit here all day. Um, this is a traditional superhero story told in a really cool like style. So it reminds me, actually, of the art of crossover. It really does. Yeah, which I miss crossovers. Me too. <laughs> so 
This this girl is um, Cracker Jack, the bouncing bad guy Buster, <laughs> and her um, her sidekick that she refuses to acknowledge as a sidekick. He just keeps showing up. It's named Slipstream, and he shows up. Ooh. And they're fighting bad guys. And long story short, they just kind of have like superhero banter where she, she he's just like, you know, like you trust me, right? She, he's like, I already know who your kid is. I know who your your husband is and all this stuff and he's like you know basically like you know trust me essentially yeah uh he also gets an injury in his leg he's a super speedster and he gets an injury in his leg and she gives him a thing that helps heal it and she's like so you're off your leg off your leg for 48 hours he's like what she's like it 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 heals you faster so you're going to be healing in 48 hours instead of 48 days so just chill out for two days Mm -hmm. she goes home she has dinner with her family and they're sitting there, they're eating, and the line says, uh, chicken a la king, made from a soup from a can. If I'd known this would be our last dinner together, I would have made more of an effort. Oh. And you're like, what? Yeah. And then her sidekick doesn't listen to her, goes out and fights a bad guy that looks like this. Cool. Kind of a pushover. He runs at him. His injured leg breaks because he didn't rest it. And the bad guy gets him, takes him captive, takes him to a big bad who basically <laughs> tortures him and gets her family's information out of him. Oh. They come up to her place. They kill her husband in front of her and kidnap her kid. And that's where we're left off. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. It's really cool. It's, it's a wholly like, independent superhero world. Um, which is kind of where I get the radiant comparisons. Yeah. It's less Sentai, obviously, mm-hmm. and it's more traditional hero. I would compare it to crossover of anything without all the irreverence. Yeah, yeah. I really like it already. I really like it. And the cover. Yeah, that's a good setup. Like, this cover. It was. Like, it's a very interesting cover. Yeah. It's it's very interesting looking book. I love it. So really, really good. I, I can't wait to see more of it. So Nice. Next up is... Uh, Hexware 3. Seems like we just got Hexware 2. Um, Tim Seeley and... Um, oh, God. I always forget to write down the name because the credits don't actually say it. Um, it's Scotto. Scotto Lavina, but mm-hmm. I, it doesn't have the full name. I apologize. I will look it up again. I did this last time we talked about this book. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I like this book a lot. And I think it's really cool... There's a lot of struggles with identity mm-hmm. of like, who am I? Um, what am I at this point? I, I think that's really interesting. And I love the design. I like the, you know, the big floppy witch's hat. I think we've talked about that a couple times now. Yeah. Uh, the name is Zulema Scotto Lavina. That's the name. Okay. So, um, and we're starting to see like kind of like a bigger world, more a, a, like something more going on than just her problems. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's I think it's really interesting, and I think we're d- diving into more of the supernatural part of it, which I really really liked. Also, the whole thing with the the old lady. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. <laughs> I was like, bro, <laughs> like that was that was brutal. So, but really good. I really actually way enjoyed this story uh, 
quite a bit. Probably my favorite issue of the series so far. What did you think? Uh, yeah, no, I, I think like me too. Just because I think like we're getting more, like we're we're understanding more of the world into it. Um, and this one just like had this issue had a lot of offer. Um, where where it's it's still progressed so much. Like even 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 if like my favorite part was like the the old lady with like the kid and like the music, like it, it was awesome. But the the shapeshifter like. They were super fucking dope. I, I like the design. Their design, um, it's almost like they didn't like have a sense of control, and they were just like this, like this gender fluid, like shapeshifter. It was, it was, it was really, really cool. Yeah. And then the vampire uh, was really cool. Just like they were menacing, and then we kind of like Tim Silly does his thing and just like kind of like ropes them all in, and now we have like a pretty dope cast of like these like outcast of supernatural beings that they're like they're all so different in like how you assume them to be or for like where they originate from but they just have this whole other spin to them it's it's a really cool cast yeah i think we're building and i like that mm-hmm. so we're yeah building up something and that's really cool so yeah all right um next up is kaya number five oh, man. speaking of heartbreaking shit uh, I'll just read my notes. Uh, the inevitable happens and very few people are happy about it. <laughs> oh, it's so true. It was a really emotional issue. And I really like the fact that like, this is a lot happened. I love when multiple arcs build up to one breaking point where they all break. I love that. That mm-hmm. that's, that takes a lot of talent to make it really work. Um and I think they did it really well in this issue. So uh, running through the creative team, uh, we got, well, they did the thing where they print on the inside. There we go. Uh, Wes Craig, story art and design, colors by Jason Wardy and letters by Tom Napolitano. Um, we have the wedding. And so Kaya has to deal with that, that she's not, she's not going to get who she wants, essentially. And he doesn't get what he wants. And you find out that that's not necessarily the relationship isn't even going to be a great one for him. It's not really what he's looking for, Yeah. but it's his duty. And at the same time, her little brother who I'm starting to really dislike, but in a way I want to read more about, not like I hate him. I don't want to ever see him again. Right. No, I got you. I mean, um, he, he does play such a dick move, but yeah. Yeah. He kind of like all this, like shit he's built up about himself comes crashing down where she finally just opens up to him and just tells him like, listen, like this isn't, you're not doing this. And you know, like I thought it was really interesting. I really liked the issue and I like where it left us. I think it was a good ending. It it was, it was a a solid end for the first arc where he does say like like the end of the first arc. And I mean, like five issues in that's what we, how we expect it. Um, So yeah, like it was a solid buildup, a good structure to at least like this, like, like, like this, uh, a kingdom of, of allies that we're definitely going to co- come back to if we do, if we do leave here. Um, and we have a due sense of like, we have a grip on, on this world. Um, though it kind of sucks, but uh, fucking Jin, he didn't have to pull that like, at the wedding. No, I, I had so much fun with it, with this book. We're having so much fun with this book so far. I've been, I've been wanting to follow Wes Craig after uh deadly class. And this is just so different, but it's just everything that I really like about it. I, I love about it. Yeah, I really, really enjoy it. I I didn't really follow Deadly Class super close. I read a few issues, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I really like it. I think it's really great. So speaking of really great, the Dead Lucky number six. <laughs> yes. Uh 
Written by Melissa Flores, art by French Carla Magno, color by Mattia Iacono, and letter by Becca Carey. So this is the final shot of the arc. Um, I I thought it was really cool. I thought there was some really good action in this issue. And without getting into too much of a spoiler, being being a finale, I don't want to you know give everything away, but let's just say the approach changes by the end of the issue. And I think that's a really cool way to change up. Um, it'll, we're going to come at the problem from a different angle, and I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the issue is what I'll say. If you like this, pick up the trade, because there will be a trade for this, and I think it's really good. Um, I also would like to point out that um, at the end of it, it says, next, supermassive. Yes. It's coming. It, so. yep. <laughs> also, as always, there's a recipe. <laughs> and it's Yumi Lao Elotes, which... Dude, I, when I saw fucking, like, the spin on Elotes, like, I need these fucking made. I, I have to try these. Right. I, I was like, oh, I immediately started drooling a little bit in my mouth. I was like... And it's, like, only because, like, it's, like it'll be, like, um, a whole different... Because, like, it's... uh. It'll be a fritter. It won't be like a cup yeah. or an elote. It'll be, yeah. oh, dude, get the fuck out of here. I need this. <laughs> yeah, I. that sounds really, really good. Um, I just really don't like mayo. That's why I don't like elotes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think if it's fried, I might be okay with it. Probably, yeah. So, yeah, interesting. Anything you want to add about the book itself, not the recipe? <laughs> I'm, I'm so curious if, like, we, we expect, like, a big bad that's, like, com- that's coming from the cosmos, um, but I'm wondering if, if like, at least like our earthly, uh, arch enemy, like I'm wondering when the shift is just like almost in every other book, he is very much in, involved in with, with a lot of, with the radiance and like, and touching in other books, like, does he have some sort of like, or is he concocting some sort of master plan? Cause he's just, he's too everywhere, dude. Like, I don't like this. It's really interesting. He's in multiple books. I mm-hmm. thought that was of all the characters. Right. And, and, and remember, remember the last time I was like, is something happening with shift? The last book we read, I'm like, if he was going to, he was turning or something, I, which I didn't yeah. want to, um, but he's just like, Oh, he's just, he's watching everyone a little too closely now. And it's starting to bug me. The, 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 uh, the, the, I'm hoping he makes for a great villain. Um, and then at the I, end, I, I have, I, a, I have a theory about it. If you want to hear it. Yeah. Hit me. I think that because she's, I mean, spoilers, because she's going to kind of be working for the man now, right? Right. The man probably doesn't like what Radiant Black's doing. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to send someone to stop him. Oh, gotcha. Like, oh, that could be like the spark. Because, yeah, because Supermassive... Um, I, I thought it would be like finally a collision of like all the books, but it seems like it, it seems like it'll be another like um, three person team up again. Um, the two usuals that we saw before, but instead of uh, Inferno Girl Red, she's not going to be in the book. It's going to be uh, Dead Lucky that'll be like the third for the for the crossover. Yeah, because she's not in this universe, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, really good. I'm really enjoying it. So, yeah. <laughs> um. All right, that takes us to our next book, which is The Least We Can Do, number six. Now, I was not able to find a physical copy of this. I went to three different shops, and I called the fourth. I could not find a copy of this. Damn. So I did what I do when I'm desperate, and I bought it on Kindle. Um, so I have a digital copy in front of me. We will talk about it, because I had to, because this is the end. 
Um, or is it? No, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Co-created uh, by Yolanda Zanfardino with her doing the writing and Elisa Romboli doing the art. Um, yeah, I love this. It's just these two just have a line to my heart for some reason. Like, <laughs> nice. It just just gets to me every single time. You know what I mean? Like they just know exactly how to get me, and I I just again I loved it just as much as I've loved any of them. Like I really enjoyed this, um, a sweet romantic moment. Like I love how they're able to put romantic moments and have really cool moments like that, regardless of what genre they're writing in at the time. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they're really good at that, and. I like the way they overcame the bad guy. I thought that was really cool. And let's talk about the wings. Oh, yes. Fucking sick. That looks so cool. Specifically this shot. I hope you can see it because it's. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. Yeah. That shot of all the like shots reflecting off of her. She comes so off cool. like a like a magic card pose. Yes. She looks like a planeswalker card. Yeah. Or one of the <laughs> angels. Yes. Yeah. I really, really liked it. Uh, it's just so good. Like, I love it. So, what do you think? I want you to add in. Uh, spoilers: Sam and Uriel, and Uriel finally make out, and it's the best. Yeah, <laughs> of course. I mean, that's barely a spoiler at this point. It's, it's it was just the kids. I love you. You, you, you turn the page. Like, oh fuck yeah, get it, girls. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I love it. It's like, and I was so happy that I'm. I'm so happy that, that it will be coming back. Um, their tweets being like the end of the first arc, which is all I needed to hear, because uh, usually their books all just like are usually just like one offs, and which are, which are are great. Um, but damn it, this one does for a world building book like this one, a genre book like this one, it does need sequels and volumes and arcs, and cannot just be contained by six issues. I loved it so much. Yeah, definitely, I really really enjoyed it. Uh, before we move on, I want to make sure I tell everybody out there. Go on Kickstarter. Please, please back a thing called Truth Volume 2. Oh, yes. Uh, it's by the same two creators, Yolanda and Lisa. We're huge fans of theirs. There's 11 days left, and they're over 50%, but they need a push. Mm-hmm. And if I had the money, I would buy more. I would buy them all <laughs> because I need to know how this story ends. It's my favorite story the two of them have put together. Oh, I love it. It's it's adorable. And I mean, I like all their stories. You know, it is. <laughs> but it's the best one. But and it's one that the, I also need a, a freaking ending to it as well. Yes. The, we can't not have an ending is, is what I will say. Um, so, yeah, please go back it. I think it's really, really great. And I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, there is also um, some uh, stretch goals including a, a special epilogue short, sto- short story Ooh. and two lock stretch goals. So please, we need to not only fund this, I need the stretch goals because they don't tell us what they are and I need <laughs> to know what they are. So please do that once again at Kickstarter, A Thing Called Truth Volume 2. If you're saying Volume 2, where's Volume 1? Go find it. It was great. If You can find the trade. It was yep. fucking great. So, All right. So enough commercials. We're moving on. <laughs> I'm not getting paid for this. This is just me wanting the book, I promise. <laughs> so, uh, next up, we're going to wrap up Image with two monster books in our lives. What's the furthest place from here, number 11? Let's start there. Jesus, no. <laughs> Storytelling by Tyler Boss and Matthew Rosenberg. Lettering by Hassan Atsmani El Hao and colors by Robin Titoff. Uh, we get a reunion. 
mm-hmm. a a very welcome reunion. Also, I don't know what's wrong with me, but this was crazy hot for some reason. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it was. It, honestly, it really was. I was like, oh, okay, okay. I I don't know why I'm feeling this, but okay. <laughs> like, um, if you've read the book, you guys know. I'm not going to tell you. Uh, <laughs> But it's really cool. I like the lack of dialogue in a lot of this. I thought it was really cool because, you know, they're in a forest. They're stalking. You know what I mean? They're not really going to talk all that much. I thought that was really interesting. And yeah, the end and the the whole new family, you know, this is the family that we need. I just really want to know what's going to happen. And this cover for the next one. I love that cover. I was so excited when that when I turned the page for that. Such a good book. This book has just kept me going. What do you think? Oh man! Um, so there was a tweet like a while back ago by by I think Rosenberg because he's the one I I do follow like, that, that he does tweet, and I, and I've, I've since then scoured um, his timeline to, to find it again. But I think he's deleted it because it might have been a little too much of a spoiler. Um, but he might have he might have revealed like a number like come, that's still coming down the ways on the longevity of this, of the series. So I'm liking that we built such a big cast that we followed such a big cast, broke them up. And then now take our time with each of them issue to issue to probably get to those numbers. I'm so excited to, to take our time, like going, going down that path like this. Um, and in this case, it was, it was just very, it was just really cool how we just like, we just have this one character that's like speaking for us or like we were following through this character. Cause this, this family just have adopted this way of living. Um, and they just give us nothing. Like the, I did, like the scene where he where he's hunting, and it looks like just like a pack of chihuahuas. <laughs> and yeah. then she springs up, and like, grr, like no, no, no. And be like, why? <laughs> but it's just like ridiculous. Like these chihuahuas look so so cute. Um, I do. I I I, just, I I love the series so much. It's just it's so fucking weird. Um, and yeah, with the ending like this, like slowly rounding them back up together. Like we'll see. We'll freaking see. Whoever's left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. And we're going to wrap up with 8 Billion Genies number seven. Shit. Written by Charles Soule. Art design by Ryan Brown. Colors by Ryan Brown and Kevin Nipstein. Letters by Chris Crank. This book is fucking with my normal. <laughs> like, so much happens. Um, obviously we have a massive time skip throughout this issue, the first eight decades. And obviously a lot of our characters are aged out. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're not going to live that long. That's just how it is. And yep, we do see quite a few of them go. Some of them in peaceful ways. <laughs> Some of them very much not. So <laughs> we see the second generation come up in, in, in one case. Um, I think Sunman's story. This is the first time I like Sunman's story was probably the most compelling part to me. Yeah, I didn't really like. I thought it was oh, that's fun, you know. But I thought this issue with his parents, I thought, you know, I thought that was interesting. Um, hmm. also the fucking I I can't remember his damn name. But the ruler of Sunman's town, fuck that guy forever. Oh like, yes, I love the way moon. he got his. Can we, can we talk about the fucking moon for a minute? <laughs> Smoking <Moon>. a satellite. <laughs> it's insane. It's got his little arms, like 
I watched Moda or I watched Ant Man and then read this comic like within like three hours. Oh, in that order? That's hilarious. Okay, <laughs> like, good. Like, Moda? Like, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it and I thought it was really good and I have no idea what to fucking expect for the first eight centuries. Uh, honestly, it, like this one felt like the actual finale. So, so, like the book that we've been following, this felt like the finale. The next thing that we're getting is just like, and then like where like the time skips that we'll be going through. That just seems like some glorified epilogue that we're just gonna have fun with. Like this one to me was like the rifle finale. So here's the thing: her mother died, and wished that she would live. Mm-hmm. didn't say through this yeah or to a hundred just, just live she would live we're gonna go eight centuries into the future i mean like she is i mean like i hope she doesn't look that bad because i mean like she she it does seem like she is going on an adventure at already an older age so like we'll see if she just like actually just has this right of her shriveled prune and she's <laughs> like like yeah that could be really dark or it could be really interesting, like like epic. Mm-hmm. It depends what direction they want to go. And it's Charles Soul, so I have no fucking clue. It could go either way, to be honest with you. But what a book, man. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love it. Anything you want to add? The um, I mean, like the, the that piece of shit, dude. Like the I did like this the scene where like the battle of the wishes, like who has more wishes, like who could like obviously was gonna come out in the end. Um I was gonna come out on top. Uh, but God damn it, when how he gets his is just so good. He's <laughs> a fucking sun man. Um, but I think my favorite ending, my favorite uh, ending out of like all the groups we've been following is it, it has to be the band. Of course it is. I know you too well. <laughs> the band only because like, like her ending, like in, in the end, what, what, how did she put it? And like, after all, I wouldn't want to waste such a wonderful gift. Like, Oh, fucking kill me. It hit me from the fucking beginning on how, like, what she did with hers. And <laughs> it all came back to this moment. And what would she do with it? Like, she got to have, like, the be- one of the best fucking lives with her best friends. It was just, it was so good. I, I, that was, I think that for sure is my favorite. And I don't know how the fuck we're going to get into 800 years into this for this next issue. Yeah. Love this book. Love, love this book. I love this book from the beginning. It's so good. It's so goddamn ridiculous. And I love it. So I'm excited. All right. And then uh, now we're going to move on to the next publisher. Let's talk about DC. Not the hugest DC week, so this Mm -hmm. shouldn't take too long. Danger Street number three. Not going to spend too much time on this because it's still sneaking on me. Okay. Not telling me what's going on yet. Written by Tom King, art by Jorge Thornis, colored by David Stewart, and letter by Clayton Cowles. It's just, there's like such a weird juxtaposition of the story. So you have like small town America and these three boys trying to feel, figure out who killed their friend. And then you also have Dark Side talking about breaking through the outer wall of the universe. And there's connective tissue, but I'm waiting for it to all come together. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really interesting. Um, the the scenes the boys actually kind of remind me of a Boston Rosenberg book. Like I just read Four Kids Walk into a Bank. So oh, okay. Um, they also introduce Orion, so he's he's a character in this now, um, which is really interesting. Yeah, I think. Hmm, I think one more issue. I'm start stuff's going to start clicking, like together. I like it. I love the presentation. I'm just really wanting to find out where it's going. So. 
Next up, uh, Josue, talk to me about Batman Beyond the White Knight number eight. This is the finale. We'll see. Well, let me the get the finale of this of this series. Yes. Again, like we'll, we'll see. L- l- let me let me get to that because they usually they do they have gone for like seven or eight issues, but I'll get to that part. Um, Batman Beyond the White Knight, book eight, uh, art, script, and covers by Sean Murphy, Dave Stewart on the colors, and And World on the lettering. So finally, we round up. We have like the whole Bat Family, Bat Family extended <laughs> reunited, and we're taking the fight to Powers. Um. Yeah, so the team split up. Rob, like the Robins, stay together. Harley with bats. Um, he's uh, since Jack Napier is linked up to the Batman Beyond suit. He's he's stuck with McGinnis, and we all split up and do and do our parts. Powers uh, boots up the not fully functional or not fully completed, um, basically Batmex, and so yep, yeah, more more shit to fight. Bruce starts getting like midway through, starts um uh starts getting panic attacks again, and he's just trying to fight through it. But thankfully, um, Harley's there to kind of like see it happen and and help him out. Um, she whips out this um because he's been rocking those like just like antennas like that's, that um uh, around his around his head, and she uh, she pulls out a mask, and so he looks like his Batman self again. And fully completed in this outfit, he looks pretty. He looks pretty dope. Yeah. Um. And then that kind of like, it's like his coping mechanism, so it makes it, it just it definitely does help him out. Um. He reunites with Nightwing and Red Robin in this case. Um. So yeah, Batman. Uh. McGinnis in the Beyond suit. They're they they're the ones that actually confront confront Powers, and Jack does his like double cross on a triple cross. Um. To be able to. Uh, override all of, all of uh, Powers' bullshit and um, take everything down from that way, but Powers gets left to uh, gets left behind. Like McGinnis, like does like kick his ass, um, but he kind of doesn't leave him to die. Though the building does explode in the end, like they do um, apprehend him. So, but he, he he's fine. Then um, the whole point of why, and, and and on why they made it to here, not just to take care of Powers, is to rescue. Um, Jack and Harley's daughter who got kidnapped. And then the whole time there's this bit where like um, Jack slash maybe to the extension Joker's favorite Batmobile was, is, is the Tumblr. So he get he gets to uh, basically commandeer or like AI um, the Tumblr and, and he gets, he, he gets to have his moment. He, he, he has to rescue his own daughter. So that was an okay moment for, for the character. There's a sweet ass, there's a sweet ass sequence where like, all the mechs have basically just like cornered the bat family um, or yeah, the bat family. And it's, uh, it's Bruce that, that jumps in, in front of all the lasers. And he, he actually looks kind of cool in front of like protecting his family. Oh yeah, totally. It, it's, it's a dope shot. But in the end, like all the, all the um, Jack was able to, since they uh, were able to override powers of stuff, all the mechs go down, they save the day. Um, and so cool. All in, all in today's work. And here we get into the ending and FBI agent Diana Price shows up asking for Bruce's help along with uh, agent Diana Price with FBI. And this is agent Stewart and this is their shot. And she actually looks badass and Stewart just looks kind of ominous, just like more soldiered out. That was Uh, the news I saw that was going to come up later. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Yes. So, um, 
so basically the government has been looking into um that bat that batman has just been or oh or with with mcginnis's dad warren dead he was kind of like the the link to the fbi to be able to take powers down but since they all this happened sped up uh, it sped up that process but they know that bruce that that bruce at this point batman to exception bruce wayne has been dealing with otherworldly stuff or has been dealing with like just wacky stuff in in his time um they're trying to recruit him um because yeah yeah and, and in exchange they're willing to expedite the rest of his prison sentence to time served um and that's about the uh yeah and so anyway and so he, yeah so powers did a lot of bad things but he wasn't entirely wrong about about being fearful for an invasion it's just something he brought up before and then batman goes an invasion from whom there's this kid in Kansas who can do some pretty amazing things. And there's only one thing we know for certain. He's not from around here with the reveal of Superman. Of course. And this is where I'm coming back to. It gets left off with the to be continued instead of like a proper, the end, like the other two have. And so we have the, two, and then it says to be continued. Oh, to be continued in Batman. Uh, Why not presents jo- uh, generation Joker. So I'm wondering if that'll be the proper ending for Batman beyond. Um, you get a little uh, snippet into it. And then, and then, so the part in the end where um, Sean is talking about where we go from here, this is where I, I didn't know how to answer that because it, he, when he does talk about, yeah. And then after generation Joker, I plan to write, draw the next big volume world's finest white knight. So I don't know where, where the arc properly ends right now. This issue ends in a, to be continued, and then to be continues in maybe Generation Joker because 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 that arc is going to be um, Joker is still hijacking I'm, I assume the Tumblr and is basically uh, taking a um, one last hurrah with his kids before he probably boots down and then he kind of describes that they might have inadvertently found a way to maybe maybe bring him back to real life for realsies so we'll see where, we'll see where that goes so that's that seems like a proper probably like a bookmark end for the Batman Beyond uh, chapter. So yeah, so but but he also does say that the next big volume will be world's finest. So yeah, we'll see. Um, very fucking fun universe. I'm so excited for how Sean is going to explore now the Justice League to now in a broader extension of the of his uh, DC world. Yeah, interesting. Like the fact that it is broadening, but he's not necessarily writing at all. I'm very curious to see how that's going to go. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, it'll be the generation Joker is just like like the like the spinoff, but he is coming back for World's Finest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's just kind of like the first time someone who's been in complete control of something hands the reins a little bit. You know what I mean? It's always curious to see how that goes. Well, I mean, well, I mean, like kind of like again, like he did the 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 Harley Quinn spinoff that he handed over to Katana, so it's still like a that's a good hands. point. I, I totally forgot about that because yeah, mm-hmm. I don't I never read these. So yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, next up is Wildcats number four. Mm-hmm. Um, this book is great. So I got this Grifter cover where he's eating pizza shirtless. Oh, that's awesome. Always good. Um, so in the last issue, oh, creative team. That's right. I think it's at the back for Wildcats. Uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Steven Segovia, colors by Elmer Santos, and lettered by Farron Delgado. Um in the last issue, Grifter was abandoned when they they basically were blown out of the sky and they yeah. teleported everybody out but him. Uh, he survives. He lands. He fights a bunch of bad guys. 
Um, and he's kind of on his own the entire issue. <laughs> Meanwhile, Zealot and everybody are trying to basically like, let's go get Grifter. And they're like, no, nah, he's good. <laughs> and they're just like, no, we need to go save him. It's like, if there's anything I know about Grifter is he doesn't die. And they're just like, <laughs> why are you guys abandoning him? Basically, like, what's happening? Um, I really liked it. It was a really good issue. Um, I just love the characters so mm-hmm. much. Uh, and I, I, it makes me sad that I don't hear enough people talking about this book. Mm-hmm. Because there's really, really great... There's some great stuff going on here. So everybody should pick it out. Um, if Even if you're not familiar with the original uh, Wildcats or Grifter or anything like that, you don't really need to be. It's really, really good, and I think you'll dig it. So There's also a great scene where uh, Zealot is trying to find her teammate, and she walks in, and she's with these guys. Oh, nice. And she's like, oh, hey. Basically, it's her and Fairchild walk in there. Fairchild's, like, half the time Fairchild's a little girl. Yeah. And then when she powers up, she's a big, strong lady. But she's like, yeah. She she sees Zelda and she's like, oh, yeah, feel free to join in. Kids got to go, though. <laughs> That's weird. Like, I was like, yeah, it's really fun. It's very Matthew Rosenberg. I love his writing, so. All right, next up is Batman Inc. number five. It's the end of the first arc. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, creative team. I bet it's at the end because it's a finale. There we go. Written by Ed Brisson. Art by John Timms. Uh, colors by Rex Locus and letter by Clayton Cowles. Uh, in the end, all of Ghostmaker's like, ghosts, I guess, come back to haunt him. And they have him captured and Clown Hunter, who was his new sidekick, his new protege, they basically tell Clown Hunter everything about like, all the bad things Ghost Ghost uh, Ghostmaker has done is just basically like, hey, kill him. You can kill him. Just we'll let you kill him. And it all comes down to what Cloud Hunter is going to do. Hmm. Uh, really cool. I, I actually really enjoyed this issue. The cast seems smaller, which is good. I don't think it is smaller. Yeah. I just think certain characters just didn't appear in this issue very much. Okay. Um, but I thought it was really cool. And I also really like the fact they pointed out something I pointed out, which is they seem to be mad at him for training with all these people who did bad things. And they actually point out in the story, like, you know, Batman trained with these same people. Why aren't you after him? It's because <laughs> nice. you're being pointed at Ghostmaker. You know what I mean? Like, it's all a trick, basically. Someone's using you. I thought it was pretty good. And I'm kind of curious to see where we're going to go from here. Because I think the first the first volume, whereas it, it wasn't... It was a little messy to me. It was still enjoyable. Right. And I think it's definitely going to improve in the next volume. So we'll see from there. Next up after that is Batgirls 15. Oh. Uh, you might remember what's going on in this one is that Stephanie Brown has been kidnapped by her bro- her father. And Cassandra is the only one who can save her. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah so um, creative team's not at the back in this one. <laughs> Written by Becky Clooney and Michael W. Conrad. Art by Neil Gouge. Colors by Rico Renzi. And letter by Frank Chetkovich. Um, yeah, it's basically just Stephanie and her father. And having that confrontation. And him basically being like, you're just like me. You know, you get a thrill from solving the clues and all this stuff. Um, Cass shows up to save her. And she stops him. But Stephanie gets shot. And... Stephanie dies. Get the fuck out. What? What? Yeah. 
No. Her dad accidentally shoots her and kills her. Yeah, no. But they do have a vial of Lazarus serum. <laughs> okay. And they bring her back to life. Uh, because she was only dead for a short time, her head's not all fucked up like people from the Lazarus pit. Mm-hmm. Um, her dad basically comes to the realization of how, how far he's fallen, that he killed his own daughter. Yeah. And he's like committed to like rehabbing and be, being a good person. Oh. So he's in Arkham Tower now, which is cool. Um, and then we have a really sweet moment with uh, Steph and Cass on the roof that I thought was really great. And then we get a tease for the next uh, adventure, which is Grace O'Halloran, the reporter, getting a, uh, a head on her front porch, basically. <laughs> like, and so she's got to figure that out. So I love Batgirls. I, it's a lot of fun. And I think they're doing a really good job with it. And um, yeah, I just love Steph and Cass. They, I'm just so happy they have a book. <laughs> That's all I really care about. And next, Lazarus Planet Dark Fate. So, uh, four stories, as we've seen. The first one is a Huntress story with Tim Seeley, Baldomar Rivas, uh, Ivan Plasencia, and Carlos Mengual. I'm not going to get too much into it. It does have to do with Arkham Tower. I love that that's still the thing because that was one of my favorite things about the Mariko Tamaki run was the Arkham Tower. Right. Like, everything they did with that. That's still a thing. It's almost like she's the Batman of Arkham Tower. Ooh, that's That's kind of cool. Like, Huntress, because she could still kind of see the future a little bit from her... (laughs) from her mistake and stuff. Uh, also the Lazarus rain is getting into the tower and it's full of crazy supervillains. Oh yeah. Yeah. And one of them gets powers. Uh, oh, okay. One of them actually gets rain on him, but his power is to control the others. Oh, okay. So yeah. And then there's a tease at the end for more. Uh, the next story is doom patrol written by Dennis Culvert, drawn by Chris Burnham, colored by Brian Reber and lettered by Steve Wands. This was fine. I'm not a I'm not a Doom Patrol fan. I'll be honest. So I it was it was fine, but it was very Doom Patrol. There was a chainsaw nun. That's all you know. Like it was fine. It's just not my thing. Um, the third story is uh, for um, written by. Let me see here. Sorry, is it is it really? Oh, okay. I thought it was Hassan Atsmani Elhau. I was like, is that the only name I see? No, it's A.L. Kaplan with letters by Hassan Atsmani Elhau. And this is for uh, Circuit Breaker, which is a new hero. And uh, I really enjoyed this one. I, I like the art for it as well. Uh, very Constantine-style art, I guess I would say. Like, Oh, nice. Um, but... I, I really like this one. I think it's really cool. It's about a small town where the Flash fought the turtle once and they still have like a performance festival about that fight because it's a small town and nothing else happens there. And yeah, it was, it was really interesting. I, I thought it was a really uh, fun story. And then the final story, which is the one I've seen most people talking about online because they are very excited about a new character. Um, this is the introduction of Xanth from the Spirit World, written by Alyssa Wong, so you know I love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, art by Henang, colors by Sebastian Chang, and letters by Janice Chang. This is Xanth, also from the cover. Oh, nice. And, yeah, it sets up this really cool story that is going to continue forward with Xanth, uh, Cassandra Kane, and Constantine. Uh, and basically Cass gets dragged to the spirit world and it's up to the two of them to save her. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like this idea. It says to be continued in spirit world number one. So that's going to be its own series. 
So I am here for that series forever. So, but that's it for that. Uh, good stuff. We only have one Lazarus Planet book left. Oh, nice, so, nice. Yeah, we'll see. Also, uh, last thing, kind of coming back into news. Um, since we got like that reveal lately, or with the the other Lazarus Planet with the the Red Hood storyline, uh, Rom V came out today with the. Um, the the vigil book the lineup yeah the actual Excellent. lineup and yeah, the actual book and and um, the the team for it to go with it too so that's that's actually gonna be exciting it's actually spinning out yeah yeah I saw that and I totally forgot to mark that down for the news thank you for bringing it up mm-hmm. <laughs> all right the next thing we're gonna talk about is our final DC book of the week and a book that Hostway was originally on but I jumped on because I had to Swamp Thing Green Hell written by Jeff Lemire art by Doug Monkey. Colors by David Barron. Letters by Steve Wands. Um, Dude, what coverage you get? The, the Christian Ward coverage. So gorgeous. <laughs> it's fucking beautiful. Um, so I caught up on this. I got issue one. Cool. On the second printing. Mm-hmm. And then I got this one so I could talk about it. Because when you pitched it to me, I was like, yeah, that's my shit right there. Let's do it. <laughs> yes. uh, so I read them back to back. So let me remind exactly where the break is. Because I read it literally as one story. Okay. Um, Okay, so it's the end of the last issue that we find. Okay, the end of the last issue, we found out the old man in the lighthouse is Constantine. Mm-hmm. We got this future world where we fucked up the environment because we're humanity and that's what we do. Yeah. Um, and humanity's like killing each other, but also the green and the red are determined to take us out and cleanse the planet, which I think is kind of cool, actually. Yeah. So, um, it's so weird and gruesome. And I really like it a lot, actually. Uh, I love the art. I love how just absolutely repulsive some of the monsters are. Mm-hmm. But I also love how Alex Swamp Thing, like how he just looks badass, almost like a Jim Lee image character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and I really like that. Um, and there's just some of these cool full, like, full page spreads, too, like are just so sick. Like this thing. Yes. Was I was just, just there. Absolute insanity. I really enjoyed it. Um, I wonder how much this translates to people who've never read Swamp Thing or Animal Man before mm-hmm. and have no idea what the green and the red are. The red and the um, rot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, so I'm, I'm very curious about that. But I, I really like it, and I love that Swamp Thing's like, okay, I'm going to stand up, I'm going to protect humanity. Oh, this fucking double page spread. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Constantine's like, oh, I'm off on an errand. And we find out why he is. And man, I, I I will say this. I popped when I saw what happened. For real? Because <laughs> like, he's like, hey, you know, I'm trying to find her. Oh, so, oh, your boy Dead Man shows up. I went yeah! right over there. <laughs> I totally forgot to mention that. That's your boy. Um, but who does he find? But Animal Woman. <sighs> and if you read the New 52 animal man book dude that's so cool <laughs> like, <It's> so worth it <laughs> like what a great ending i cannot wait to see the big moment this is going to be at the end yeah especially if, i mean if you can also rope in um fucking dead man into this too as, as well oh what a team already what a fucking team and you have the two avatars you know what i mean like yeah and and i mean and he's gonna need it as well like it's um I like the like, like, like the the first issue was a great intro, but this one like setting all the, all like all the state literally all the stakes. Um, we saw Alec being Swamp Thing, but it's like it's the last fucking ride. It's like I love that the Parliament was just like gave him the ultimatum. It's like, dude, we gave you 
your Elysium, what you've always wanted, and now you're trying to fuck with us again. Again! <laughs> so either go back, or this is your last uh, your last avatar as the Swamp Thing, so have fun. And, and, and rightfully so, it's like he 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 picks the, the hero route as as he would so it's like he's going to need the help and like what well, powerhouses and like Constantine in his arsenal dead man in his all of his awesomeness and animal woman <laughs> get the fuck out of here it's so good yeah and, I and love then the all ten, aspects the like, literally costumes. they're all aspects of of all the avatar of all the parliaments yeah, exactly yeah so i really really like that <sighs> I got me hooked on this one. It's really good. Uh, yes, awesome. I, I love that this could be Future State Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's in all these stories that could just be Future State Swamp Thing. Right. The, 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 <laughs> the, the prelude to, to his uh, Future State Swamp Thing story. You're so right. Yeah. I love that. Because that was a great story. I love yes. that shit. So. Um, also, because we're talking about Animal Man and we're talking about Dead Man or Animal Woman and Dead Man specifically. Where's Resurrection, man? <laughs> he hasn't been around since the new 52, I don't think. Oh, really? And I loved that character. He was insane. I love that shit. It's, <laughs> but that's, you know, I won't get too much into that. But yeah, great book. It's one of these oversight black labels in case you guys, you can't obviously see our cameras, so you don't know what we're holding up. I know. So like, I'm gorgeous. I don't want the next one to be the finale. It's like, I, I want two more. At least like, give me like a Lonely City stretch. Rogues went to four. Oh, cool. Yeah. Give me that stretch uh, type of a uh, black, uh, black label. Yeah. So, all right. Final publisher time. Let's talk Marvel. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many of these we picked up, so we will see as we go. Did you get Wakanda voices? No. Okay. Um, it's multiple stories as always, because it's a voices story. Um, I'll just run through the names. Uh, Karama Horn, Aletha Martinez, Rochelle Rosenberg, Adam Serwer, uh, Todd Harris, Jordi Belair, Maria Awadeli, uh, Dotun Akande, and D. Cunniff, um, Sheena Howard, Marcus Williams, June Bob, Chris Halloran, with Joe Sabino doing the lettering across the board. Um, the first story is pretty much the only one that has to do with T'Challa. Mm-hmm. And it is set after the current Black Panther series finishes. Okay. So he's, so he's dealt with Jai. He's still shunned. Um, that's the thing. Because his whole thing is like, how do I help Wakanda? And I'm like... Well, you can't. But he's not in Wakanda, for the record. He is in space, so that might be part of my pred- mm-hmm. pr- prediction. But he basically holds a council meeting with all the former Black Panther spirits to tell him what he, what he should do. And it's cool, because it's literally just an excuse to show all these cool-ass Black Panthers. Um, so, it doesn't end with a satisfying story. Like, it's obviously teasing something further. So... Uh, I also should point out, this is the first time I got to see an advertisement for the Jeff the Shark yes. comic book. And you <laughs> bet your fucking ass I'm buying that book. Jeff is the best. Uh, the second story is a really good one. It's probably my favorite because mm-hmm. it really wasn't like about the Black Panther at all. Oh. It's set in the 1930s. And it's a professor at a university in Wakanda who's teaching basically like, hey, open your minds. Maybe we should open up to the rest of the world. Basic Vibranium 101. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just basically being like, hey, we, what would happen? What's the worst that would happen if we could share? Nice. And basically, the government finds out, and it turns out she was a revolutionary before. Ooh. When, um, when uh, Ethiopia was getting invaded by Italy, she helped fight. 
Nice. But uh, she didn't take she didn't take uh, vibranium with her or anything. So they just kind of like shunned her for a bit, but didn't like super punish her. Mm-hmm. Well, in the 1930s, it's about to get invaded again. She wants to take vibranium weapons. She gets caught. Oh. And she basically is standing up for what she believes. And her student is just like, what the hell? And she's just like, hey, you know, I got to do what I got to do. You know, this is my path. You know, I got to do the right thing. And it's really interesting. And then at the end, it's like the sentence is death. And they're like, have you executed her? And he's like, I said the sentence is death. But I never said she would be executed. And it's her back in Zimbabwe helping fight the Italians. Oh, get the fuck out. That's so good. It's great story. Like, it was really fucking... I would watch a movie about this character. That's, that's great. That was. So, um, the third story, uh, I don't even know how to explain it to you. It's it's fucking cool. It's It's a... It's, I guess it's near futures, but it's Shuri, mm-hmm. but she's definitely more grown up. Yeah. And she's just, ah, it's fucking cool is what I'll say. It's very violent in that there's like all the Dormilaji are dead and stuff like that or oh. killed, but it's just about her kind of essentially being the ultimate Black Panther is the idea. Dope. So really cool. Um, there's a story about training to be a Dora Milaje, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final story is The Last Black Panther, which turns out to be a drone. It's like, remember we saw this, this character design? Yeah. This isn't, this isn't a person. It's a drone built to be the Black Panther. What? But the art for the story looks like this. What the fuck? It's great. Yeah. And so... Uh, it's like the last drone. It's talking about like the, the soul of the Panther. Right. And it's in this robot is the idea. And it basically in the end, it sacrifices itself to save somebody. And then it opens its chest up and inside. What? It's a little baby. What the fuck? It's a little baby. He was the Black Panther. He's a baby Black Panther in a fucking robot suit. What? <laughs> yes. And it's the whole memory of Wakanda. Essentially, it kind of teases that he's the last Wakandan alive. Damn. So, cool story. Like, that's some Spider-Man 2099 hook in my opinion. Yeah, something you can that. definitely spark and, like, definitely build for later. Yeah. Just give me a Wakandan version of Cable and Hope. <laughs> <laughs> that's what T'Challa should do. Travel in time. Raise that baby. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. All right, so that's it for that. Really cool. I really enjoyed that Wakanda got its own voices. So, Next up, Avengers Forever 14. I'm not going to spend too much time on this one because it's literally just a big fight. Uh, Jason Aaron, Jim Toey, Frank Martin, Chris Sotomayor, Maury Hollowell, and Cordy Petit. The Doom Army attacks, and the Avengers Army attacks back. Um, I love that it's like all Steve's, all Carol's with me. Like, it's just ridiculous the way these things work out. There's also, you might remember from the last issue, the scrawny little Steve Rogers picked up a Mjolnir. Oh, yes. And is now wielding it. So and dope. Being li- and being a little badass, right? And um, it's great because they it's all these Steves talking to each other. So it's literally going, way to go, Steve. Who's talking, Steve? Thanks, Steve. And I'm just like, <laughs> my head's doing one. I'm like, okay. And then... Are you ready for this shit? Because this is this is what I thought of you. Doom the Living Planet shows up. Yeah. So it's just ego, but he's Doom. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh shit, you know, all Avengers capable of destroying a planet. That damn Doom Moon is your primary target. 
and Star Panther Engage, who is Starbrand plus Black Panther, which is a really cool combination. Yeah. And this is him. And he just immediately flies straight through Doom's head. <sighs> Dope. Comes out the other side. <laughs> says, I've cracked multiple continents, ruptured his mantle and outer core. Going around again. Just real casually. Like, I'm like, yes. Double tap, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, we see the death of, of little Steve. The one wielding the Mjolnir. No. And fat Steve is like taking care of him. He's like, my friend. And then he's like, take the hammer. He's like, I can't. He's like, I can't lift it. You can't, I can't carry it. And he's carrying him and the Mjolnir's on him. And little Steve is like, you're carrying it right now. Like, so <laughs> later on, fat, fat Steve is just like, wait, he was Steve. We're all Steve. <laughs> yes. And so it's just ridiculous, but I love it. Um, and then here's the part I thought of you, actually. It goes back to Doom the Living Planet. Star Panther comes out its fucking eyeball socket Dope. with its fucking eye. <gasps> yes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I know. I was like, what the fuck? And then. <laughs> Phoenix Wolverine and Phoenix Echo are like, time to show uh, Doom nobody destroys a planet like the Phoenix. <laughs> I was like, well, that's a grim thing to bring up at this point, but yeah, okay. Yeah, time and blaze. Meanwhile, like, um, Loki, Avenger Prime Loki, mm-hmm. is fighting with Doom. And um, in the end, they're confronted by a giant Mephisto, and that's where it leaves off. So okay. it's all just a big fight scene at this point, so... But yeah, that eyeball rip out. I was like, fucking hell. That's so dope. <laughs> Next up, Wasp, number two, written by Al Ewing, art by Cassiani, colored by KJ Diaz, and letter by Cordy Petit. I got the Infinity Saga cover. Ooh, nice. Because I, I love Ghost. So, <laughs> um, so this uh, continues the story of Nadia and Janet. Uh, it follows up on the last issue where Warwind attacked them. Mm-hmm. And it's him talking. He's literally doing the whole thing like, most people don't know I'm a mutant. That's how I like it. I don't need a community. You know, he's like, that just puts a target on your back. And I was like, yeah, this is really interesting. I like this. And they're like, who did this? And he's like, I can't tell you. He's like, you don't understand. And they get some hints and they, they do a lot of investigation to try to figure out who it is. We know who it is because it's who killed um, Janet's dad in her origin. Okay. We saw that at the end of the last issue, but they're slowly finding out. And um, they get attacked by a bunch of wasp drones. Uh, which was really cool because they it's literally the wasp costume cover but a bunch of drones attacking them which is really cool um they call for backup and the only avenger they can reach is jarvis and she's like hey jarvis put out the word get me some backup and he's like oh okay and he does and he's he's like checks he checks it later on he's like no response on the avengers channel it's like nadia and uh janet are the only ones nearby he's like oh they're only in queens he's like Mm. and then we basically get jarvis is going to be charging into battle to assist the wasps which, <laughs> which is great uh and then we get a really cool shocking last page which i'm not going to talk about it was really good so i'm liking this book i actually like it more than ant-man already Ooh, so. interesting but i also like wasp more than ant-man <laughs> yeah that's true so yeah uh next up invincible iron man number three check out behind that's cool. This. They didn't drag out who is doing this to him too long. We find out an issue. Oh, three. cool. Written by Gary Dugan. Art by Juan Frigeri. Colored by Brian Valenza. Letter by Joe Carmagna. Um, so his inside man at Stark Industries is killed. The guy that he could always trust to take care of his company, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
War Machine shows up and actually helps him. It isn't just like, Tony, you're drunk or whatever, you know. <laughs> um, they get attacked. And uh, they get attacked by an Iron Man. And inside the Iron Man is a... Um, a life, or it's it's Tony Stark, basically. Yeah, it might be a life model decoy. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we find out who is actually the bad guy, and who's been setting this up. And it makes so much sense that I cannot believe I didn't think of it. Uh, it is Fei Long, the guy from X Men that took over the moon of Mars. What? Yes. Okay. He's trying to take over Stark Industries, mm-hmm. which makes sense because he could use their resources to attack Krakoa yeah. and Eriko. So I, I didn't see it coming, but it makes all the sense in the but world. But that's so cool. Just like to yeah, have him, if he's really is leading up to this like villain arc, yeah, branch out that way. That's that's so good. Yeah. So really good. I've, I've actually really enjoyed that book. It's, I'm not I'm hot and cold on Iron Man and this one's good. So, yeah, no, of course. Yeah. Next up, Captain Marvel 46. Now, this is the only time I will voluntarily purchase a Planet of the Apes variant because, <sighs> because it was a Peach and Mocha cover as well. I don't, it's like I'm such a sucker <laughs> for connecting uh, covers. So I, we actually ran out of cover Ace, but I also got the same cover. But Peach and Mocha cover for sure. Yeah, exactly. They're adorable, but in the end, but I'm still, I'm still going to have to hunt down a cover A because these connecting covers, I'm going to want them. Yeah. Written by Kelly Thompson, art by Javier Pina, color by Ian Nitro, and letter by Clayton Cowles. I love this book. I'm so glad you're reading it now. <laughs> so, um, I love the cast, and I love the ways they work together. Like, they're they do what you know, rare pairs. You know what I mean? So we get yes. like Psylocke and Carol running around. I like that a lot. Um, I, I love Binary, and I'm glad that they found her because I was kind of worried they're going to just write that character off. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, I really dug it. Um, it. It's really a lot of fun. They also find Rogue. Um, I love that. Uh, I love Laura in this issue. Actually, she was a fucking badass. Um, there's the yes. moment where her and Hazmat man, so badass. <laughs> where Hazmat's like, oh, they're like, oh shit, the Brood are gonna, you know. Oh wait, we have oh, before we get to that, the part where Gambit. Keeps speaking in French and Hazmat says, do you guys even know what he's saying half the time? They're like, no, that's just funny. <laughs> but yeah, the big climax, they're getting attacked by all these brood and Hazmat's like, fucking put a radioactive free bubble over yourselves. I'm going to fucking unleash. And they're like, no, they'll kill you. And Laura's like, I'll stay out here. Basically like, I'll heal. Fuck it. And just <laughs> this great double pedged spread of Laura just tearing brood up. Literally wolverine through like this army, this armada of brood. <laughs> Yeah, and then, yeah, Brood go boom, and that's the end. Uh, it's really cool. I'm really enjoying it. What did you think? Because uh, I'm curious to see what you thought about it. And, um, uh, yeah, I think this is when it's actually going to start crossing over with the X-Men book after this. Yeah, that, 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 that's why I jumped on it, because of um, because of that. Yeah, So I'm, yeah, but I'm curious to see what you think coming into it, because I've been reading it as we go. Um, you know, I, my first question is, like, is or like my realization is, like, has Kelly Thompson been running this book for 46 issues? I believe so. That's awesome. Cause I mean, like, it's, it's been a lot of doing a lot of, it did a lot of callbacks and it's like, it seemed like it was like this from the same series. Uh, yeah. as that's Earth. why hazmat shows up. Yeah. That, that's actually really cool. I'm actually really curious to like, this will be one to actually do a deep dive, like down the line. 
it's so good dude. yeah I, like, really I, enjoyed it. I really do like i really do like the i like this issue where I, I went back and bought uh this is part four so i bought the previous three issues to catch up with it um so i do like the tone of the book and like and it's like how much carol cares because she does it's like she she is a great character um so for this one like being such a nostalgic almost like a nostalgic arc of like roping in the the x-men back into it it's almost, almost like she didn't know why she chose to or or wrote uh, she didn't know why she chose to call carol but she did anyway um it, it's really cool it's just like it's almost like it wants to be a very nostalgic arc with uh the involvement of the x-men and i i, I yeah We'll, we'll see where it goes on on this whole brew. I'm still waiting for a brew to show up. Um, yeah, yeah, what happened to brew? I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, good shit. I I I had. It's been a long time since I missed since I've read uh, Captain Marvel. It was like I think it was like the Kelsey uh, DeConnick run was like last thing I really read seriously from yeah. her. Um, uh, yeah. So this is like very refreshing to come back into it. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. It's it actually reminds me a lot of the She Hulk run we've been reading, but it's a lot more action. Yeah, yeah, actually, you're right. Really, really good Judgment Day tie in. I don't know if you remember if you actually read that one. I might have gotten that one because I was getting a lot of those. So, yeah, awesome. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. We'll we'll come back to it. So I don't want to take time. So next up, Murder World Moon Knight. I got this cover. That's cool. It's very cool. So, um, (laughs) uh, this book. Jim Zub is a crazy man. Uh, written by Jim Zub and Ray Fox. Art by Luca Pizzari. Color by Matt Mee and letter by Corey Petit. So there are only four people left in the 200-man battle royale. Uh, it is the it, Eden, who is the MMA fighter with one arm. Yeah. Who now has one arm. <laughs> um, there is Alex Benavides, who was a former paramedic. There's Hydra agent Marina Komarova and Vincent Patilio, a.k.a. Leapfrog. And I did I never cl- clocked that was Leapfrog the entire time I've been reading this. I've not been paying attention. I really <laughs> nice. should have. Um, the Hydra agent chick trained fighting um, LMDs, right? Like, they make a point of that in the intro. But the four of them, they get behind the scenes in Murder World. They're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to sneak up on Arcade. And they manage to do so. They jump Arcade in the production uh, place. And the Hydra chick is about to kill him and she realizes, wait, he's an LMD. She recognizes it because she's used to fighting them. Mm-hmm. And she finds out the whole backstage area they're in isn't backstage. It's another set. <laughs> and he blows up. And yeah, the four of them are like, they don't die in the explosion. He reveals, oh, look, you're on a, like all the walls come down around the set. And it's like, yeah, you're on a rooftop in New York. And it's like, uh, he, he said something like, if I know there'd be four of you, I would have thrown the Fantastic Four at you. Hmm. And then his assistant is like, Mr. Fantastic stretchability has been a problem for engineers. He's like, <laughs> but he's like, you know, don't worry, though. I picked an opponent who's been seen a real spike in popularity as of late. You know him. You love him. It's Moon Knight, baby. Nice. <laughs> now, the best part is, first of all, the moon. Yep. <laughs> so this this is where it's the best. Moon Knight lands, and he says, insult me if you dare. I carry the moon's power within, and the moon is a harsh mistress. And then it cuts to Arcade being like, what the fuck is that? That doesn't sound like Moon Knight. And like, we had trouble sourcing audio of Mr. Knight. He's not talking to him. He's like, why have him talk at all? You could have made him a silent killer. He's like, who approved the speech protocol for Moon Knight? Was it Dave? <laughs> like, <laughs> 
And then it's Moon Knight. In the name of the moon, I'll punish you. <laughs> and the best part, he kicks him and goes, moon kick. Nice. <laughs> and then there's a he, he moon punches as well. And the, the MMA chick fighter is like, if I had both arms right now, you'd be fucked. And he goes, the moon doesn't care. And it's just, it's so great. Um, then <laughs> this shot of him, this LMD, he starts singing Moon River. <laughs> And I couldn't handle. It. He's like Moon River. <laughs> like, it's like that's a serious part. <laughs> but basically, it appears that Leapfrog dies. It's kind of off screen. Yeah. Also, the MMA fighter. It appears she died as well. Also, kind of off screen. Mm-hmm. So we're down to the nurse, and we're down, or the paramedic, I should say, and down to the Hydra chick. But who shows up? But Black Widow to save the day. Dope. So one issue left, and it's Murder World game over, and we'll see what's going to happen. Um, all all four of them are on the back are on the final cover, so I'm wondering if they're actually still alive. Is why I said it's off screen, so I'm not sure. Yet. Oh, gotcha. Plus, they're the only characters we spent any time with. So that was a lot of fun, though. I love I love Moon Knight like twisted and dumb, <laughs> and it's like what the fuck. Like I like that. Uh, next up, Monica Rambeau number three. Oof. Written by Evel Ewing, art by Ian Forelli and Luca Maresca, colors by Carlos Lopez, and letter by Clayton Cowles. Um, yeah, everything is very twisted. the The main thing I didn't like about this is how short lived the idea that her and and uh, Jericho were married yeah, was. Because I, I love that idea. <laughs> like I'm, I'm here <laughs> for that shit. Um. But yeah, obviously there's some wibbly wobbly timey wimey university university going on, and it's really interesting. I love the aliens she encounters mm-hmm. and the solution she comes up with. It shows she's not just a powerhouse that wrecks things. You know, I I thought it was really cool in a situation where she seems to have very little control over what's going on. It's nice to give her a win. Yes. I thought that was really well done. So. I really like it. It's really cool. What do you think? Yeah, I'm. I'm curious on like where she's ending up or like what she needs. To, what she needs to figure out. Um, but but at least for for this arc, though, that was a very very nice story and how she was able to save the day, especially when it's like it's it was such a tricky concept on like why these people are going down. Um, and then like and like having to deal with like that sort of radiation like that. That was it. It, it was it was ha- handled well. Um, but yeah, we'll see where 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 else she goes because that was in. That, this ending was also, is also very interesting. Um, not the sanctum, but such a spin on on Ravencroft specifically uh, was even kind of darker because, like, then what the fuck is, is 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 inside? And then of all people, like Moonstone, which is I'm actually really curious on like when when the MCU is going to bring her in because she she can be just as freaking crazy and menacing. Yeah, honestly, like some people are talking about, they're upset that the Thunderbolts aren't like Venom and bullseye and like villains yeah. i'm upset they're not the original thunderbolts oh yeah you're right even like or even from like that team that you were referencing moonstone was in that team and she was freaking crazy there too yeah she's great she's really great i yeah, remember me and case had a, had a really good conversation about moonstone because nice. she was one of his superman analogs and i love moonstone so. oh cool yeah aka meteorite um <laughs> so all right next up hulk 12 i got the no prize oh so funny, <laughs> so yeah. funny. um Plot by Ryan Otley and Donnie Cates. Script and pencils by Ryan Otley. 
inked by Cliff Rathburn, colored by Marte Gracie, and lettered by Cordy Petit. There's a mutiny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this is really interesting and really badly timed. <laughs> like, um, I I do like the cut to Strange Academy and the fact that you know other people are aware of what's going on. I think that you know makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the focus of this is the fact that there's a mutiny and, oh, also stage nine, which is insanity. Um, so yeah, if Hulk loses himself and is taken over by a Titan on this planet, the amount of carnage he could cause and just devastate Bruce's like, I feel so bad, more bad for Bruce Banner than pretty much anybody in comics because all of his runs seem to end with him murdering everybody and then feeling really guilty all the time. And I'm really worried he's going to kill an actual planet of his own people. <laughs> like, I mean, kind of. I mean, yes, but I mean, at the same time, like, fuck that, like, close. But I, I feel, I, I feel bad for the Hulk, not, Bru- not Bruce. Uh, I mean, yeah. He, he says it's a complicated thing where it's like there are they are two separate entities. Uh, well, Bruce is obviously not well balanced. You know, he's not well. No, no and that's, that's the thing. Like, I, I wish we would have lingered on with this team a little bit, a little bit more. Because um, though I, 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 I am, I was very excited for this run after um, Al Ewing's run. Like that, that was its own masterpiece. It was one of those abrupt changes to the character. Like you, you leave on such a good note, and then this Bruce is just such a piece of shit <laughs> to just like take over the Hulk like this. Um, yeah, but but if, in the end, like if if uh, Titan just ravages, like just raises everything, it, I, I'd feel more bad for Hulk who didn't get to enjoy Smash Ball with with the rest of the, with the other guys, which is something I felt really bad for him for that he didn't get to have that, and Bruce did, and. That he, that he was like, oh, I guess I do like this in the end. It's like, fuck you, dude. Like, oh, we'll see. And the, the yeah. shot of uh, this one of Titan like looming over into like in his face. That oh, yeah. that would be the scariest fucking thing ever. Like seeing like this like fog is like, oh, like Hulk, are you there? And it's like this Titan in your face. Mm-mm. That'd be so scared. Yeah, fucked up. <laughs> um, next up. Fantastic Four, number four. I, of course, got this one. Nice. Because I've gotten all four so far. Okay. Um, This book is so good. I love Ryan North on the Fantastic Four. Let's keep this going. He's great. He's great. Written by Ryan North, art by Yvonne Quello, color by Jesus Abertov, and letter by Joe Carmagna. Uh, We find out what happened in New York. And I think that's really cool. They didn't wait too long. Amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> um, and we get the team back together. We find out why there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And we also resolve the problem. So it's not going to be like a 12-issue arc of being like, they don't like each other very much, which I think is really cool. Now we can get on with the shenanigans, which I love. Um, I do think Thing had a legit gripe. Yes. But he also, I do like the way they resolved it, which is like, Reed's kids were there too, you know, and he's obviously he's the leader and he's trying to hold it together, but you know, he's hurt too, but he know he had to make a horrible decision and his kids are out there. You know what I mean? Like, it's just really, really interesting. 
I really liked it. And I like how Alicia is like front and center for all out of this. Yes. Like as almost like an actual member. Like I think that's really cool. I like how the kids call it out why does Auntie Alicia get to be in the fight and they're like, <laughs> She was kind of just in the fight. Like it's not like she went down there. Um but yeah, really cool. I loved it. I think the first time seeing all of the heroes together um was fun because you start to see the way they bounce off each other. Mm-hmm. Um like teasing Johnny about his mustache, yes. which is horrible, <laughs> by the way. Um, the, also, I love, like, this is one of those teams you can get really creative with the powers. And I loved this from Reed. Yeah. The multi-punch in every direction. I thought that was really cool. Um, I love this shot. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. The New York from above shot afterwards. I thought right. that was like one of the cooler shots this week. Uh, just a really good issue. I just thoroughly enjoyed it overall. What do you think? I actually really liked, um, like, I really liked the first page, uh, but specifically like, the first panel. Like, Ivan's like thing just looks so fucking awesome. They look, he look, he looks yeah. badass. Um, I, I, I love the explanation. Uh, I like that it was like, oh shit, like everybody has the Fantastic Four now, but why? It was like, no, this this hate came from like internally, really. From I mean, like, Reed is something bad, but in order to save the kids, but yeah, like, I, I, like if I was a parent, I'd be just as pissed too. I mean, like what do you mean you're taking them away from me for a fucking year and we have to fucking just bite that bullet? Not even like, yeah, sure, thanks. Like, you save them, I'll get them back, but I lose this time? Like, dude, fuck off. Like, it was, I, I like that it was, like, it was a legit, like, reason to just, like, be pissed at the team and not wanting to be part of the team. Like, sure, I get that. Like, I guess we'll, we'll reconcile later if it comes back in a year when they get back, and even then I might not freaking forgive you. Um... I, I I like that. I like that's a great explanation for uh, for this, and, yeah, uh, it's, well, and it, it's well balanced in that it's something that definitely is bad and people should be mad about. Mm-hmm. But it's not like Ultimate Reed Richards bad that no one could ever forgive. Right, like, and, it's, and, it's and really it's like, well balanced. Really helpless either. It's like you have these two alien warrior kids, uh, Valeria, who's like the smartest, and Franklin, the next god. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they could exactly. be fine. Um, but 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 taking a step back or just like approaching now like the actual book, I'm really like now now seeing getting here and now seeing like the next horizon. I'm just loving the the pacing that we're getting out of this book. We started with these solo adventures. We get them back together, but we've built the first family so freaking big with like the last couple of iterations, the last couple of runs that it's like, do we have to keep like the big ensemble cast and make this book that usually fails because it's usually so big. Let's take it slow. Like these solo stories, get the team back together. Let's keep the team. And then eventually like now we know that the rest of the family will be coming. But right now let's have this next arc just be the fantastic four before we get to like the bigger family. I love this. I love this idea so much. And it doesn't just shake up the cast. It takes away the Baxter building. Yeah. So, like, are they going to be on the road? Mm-hmm. That'd be really cool. I mean, obviously, they, te- they tease the sweet or the Aunt Petunia thing at the end of the season. Yes. So, we'll see. But what if they're just road tripping? Yeah. That'd be really cool, just road trip around the, the world until it gets back. Because they're not going to hang out in New York. No one wants them. Nobody wants them. <laughs> yeah. So, I, lo- I, I thought it was great, too. It was great. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about some Spidey books. Spider-Man number five, nice. Edge of Spider-Verse, part five. Written by Dan Slott, penciled by Mark Bagley, inked by John Dell, colored by Edgar Delgado, and lettered by Joe Caramagna. I'm not going to talk too much about this one because in the last one, 
you know, Peter was erased from existence, but we found out there is a Peter Parker. And basically, this is his origin story of who he is. And it's Peter Parker who was never bitten by the spider. But Silk was still bitten by the spider. And he kind of became her, like, gadget guy. And started making gadgets for her. And so that's kind of his thing. He doesn't have powers, but he gives her all these things she uses to take down the bad guys and stuff. Um, And he still works at Oscorp and everything like that. But he ends up getting the message, the help spelled out in spiders Mm. and trying to figure out what's going to happen, you know, from here. So it's going to be interesting because, I mean, obviously they erased, erased Peter Parker and this whole war is going on and this issue didn't touch on the war at all. So that's why I'm not going to linger on it too much, but it was pretty cool. And also there's a backup story at the end called The Sound of Music, written by Justin Reynolds, art by Julian Shaw, uh, caused by Gruy Effects and letter by Joe Carmagna, where Peter goes to a, um, a music festival. He screws up with his tickets and basically doesn't have tickets, so he just sneaks in as spider-man swings in and who's there but monica rambo <laughs> and they they fight the rhino together nice and um they end up on stage singing with the band Dope. it's fun <laughs> so yeah good stuff the kind of thing you would do if you were a superhero yeah so, absolutely <laughs> yeah and then mary jane and black cat yes number three written by ted mckay art by Vicenzo caruta uh, carutu excuse me colored by brian reaper and letter by ariana mayer First of all, Sim is great in this. Yeah. Where he's just like, I'm going to betray you, but we'll, we'll wait till later. It's like, okay, that's refreshingly honest. Like, and I love the fact that it's like MJ and Black Cat dealing with this the entire time. I love that there's like three armies waiting for them outside the door and there's that, like, that's looming. Um, I also like the fact that they saved Sim's life at one point. They could have just betrayed him. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, also, the monsters, the crows with the eyes all over them. Fuck that. That's some fucked up shit. I don't like that at yeah, all. Yeah, sucks. Um, MJ spins for a power and gets a bad result. Ooh, almost a death one. That was two skulls. Yeah. Her power is she can make smoke. Um, and then she comes to realization. I love this realization. It's just like, Felicia, you're giving me bad luck with your powers. And she's like, no, that's not right. I only cause bad luck for my enemies. And she's like, Fuck. oh, no. Yeah. And she's like, this thing she's holding back about her from Peter is causing her to look at her in that way and is causing her subconsciously give her bad luck. So she's got to come clean. I kind of wish we weren't, we haven't already read Amazing Spider-Man. I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, but uh, yeah, it's really, really cool. And then, you know, the MJ line at the end. Oh, my God, this is about Peter, isn't it? Kaboom. So good. How long is this going to go for? Because I love this book. I think I might. Hopefully I was wrong, but it might have been like another like into like another like five mini. Like there was like the one shot and then like this five mini. Yeah, I love it, though. This could be an ongoing for like. It uh, could. So yeah, really cool. What do you think? I, it's just it's it's, it's great. I, I love these two together. They have such great chemistry together because they're just they know they can just take over the world if they ever wanted to, and they're, they're so unapologetic about it. But they're just such normal people. Yeah, it's like MJ's the mom friend, and Felicia's like the disaster bisexual. Yep, <laughs> I love that so much. 
Like, I love Felicia. She's one of my favorite combo characters. I was just, like, really worried for MJ. It was, like, because she did say, like, like this power is also a risk. Like, she could roll bad, and she could also just die. And it seems like she almost hey, got there. Who knows what will happen? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we won't know until till it happens, so... All right, now we're going to go over to Krakoa. We got a couple books from Krakoa this week. I'll be very quick. Extreme X-Men number three. Um, I will spend almost no, no time on this. Chris Claremont, Salvador de la Roca, Guru FX, Clayton Cowles. It's literally continuing the Ogun story. And Ogun tries to take over Rachel because he wants the Phoenix Force. There's not a lot more to get into it. If I tried, I'd be here all night because there's a lot of lore. <laughs> you have to kind of read the original X-Men run for this. Um Extreme X-Men run. But I like it because I love that run. <laughs> but yeah, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. If you like it, you like it. Next up, Wolverine number 30. Now, I did have to get the Planet of the Apes variant for this one because it was the only one there. Oh, gotcha. Um, so now, creative team. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Juan Jose Reap. Colors by Frank Darmada. Letter by Corey Petit. This book features... The return of one of the greatest X-Men of all time. It features the return of a character introduced during the Krakoan era that is a true hero and one of my favorites. We Tom has made a return, Jose. <laughs> you didn't think he would. That's my boy. Why isn't he in the X-Men vote? <laughs> I vote for We Tom all day long. Are you shitting me? Look at him. Look at him. <laughs> Look, he's too fucking cute everybody we tom vote we tom we'll we'll write in hashtag x-men vote we tom there we go we'll <laughs> do it um i almost said all kidding aside but i'm not kidding uh, so <laughs> um yeah so this is the whole thing with beast being a giant piece of shit and um jeff bannister going missing and his daughter showed up and asking for help um one thing I really like about this is we get like, because a lot of Sage, and I love Sage. Mm-hmm. Again, I talked about Extreme X-Men. She's like, the main thing about the early run of that is, is Sage. Um, also, Dr. Cecilia Reyes. I love her. I She needs to be in more. I love that she's always the doctor. Like, every time they go to the healing gardens, it's not Healer, the Morlock. It's literally Cecilia Reyes, who's just a doctor. She doesn't have healing powers. But she's like, I got it. Um... But yeah, they're just trying to hunt Jeff Bannister down. They're finally able to do so. And he gets shot and looks like he's going to die. It's Beast. Wolverine finally confronts Beast and get his gets his vengeance. And I cheer for a moment until Beast's fucking personal resurrection protocol goes off and he comes back to life. Fuck Beast. He fucking sucks. Fuck Beast. I hate Beast. The worst. But we Tom. So book of the week. <laughs> better than what's for this place from here better than anybody in genies <laughs> we tom let's go give him his own mini i'll read the shit out of that are you kidding me like anyways yeah what do you think uh I, it, it's awesome I'm, I'm glad that wolverine is literally back in action i was feeling so bad for that rabid dog that we, that we had for two issues that was fucking weird dude. <laughs> it was like so it. bad <laughs> i mean in a good way but it, i just felt so bad for him um but he's back. Um, he fucked up the mission. God damn! I wish you didn't kill him. But yeah, it, it's just it, it's dope as fucking. But now we're gonna get. Well, we know. I kind of we can know what's coming with um with uh with what Beast is gonna do with himself and himself. <laughs> It'll be interesting. 
<sighs> All right, next up, Marauders, number 11. Yeah, baby. Written by Steve Orlando, art by Eleonora Carlini, colored by Matt Me, and letter by Travis Lanham. So the New Mutants, or the New Mutants, the Marauders are back on Krakoa, and then we get this time travel mind fuckery, and I love this shit. I love when shit like this happens, where they're just like, so follow me on this. We created Threshold. They're like, no, we didn't. They're like, we haven't yet, but we always did. And I'm like, oh, I love this shit. It's so dumb. And it's yeah. just like, this is mind fuck. And I love it so much. So yeah, Kitty's basically like, yo, we just need to make Threshold. And since the Marauders are like the masters of fucking uh, mutant circuits, they're like, yeah, this is the combination <laughs> of shit we need. And I'm like, yes, I love this. Um, also, we get to see... Uh, Akihiro just wreck a dude. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah. Uh, basically, Kitty. Also, can we talk about Kitty's hair in this? Yep. I love it. It's fucking great. So big. It's like, it's, my, it's like my favorite drawing of her hair is that style. All that salt. All, all that salt in the air, like, just like uh, out of the ocean, finally got in that hair. It's so good. Yeah. Um, so, she, she basically is like, okay, so we have to make basically a mutant time capsule. To actually do this in the past. I mean, you recruit a few people. Okay. Well, first of all, Polaris. That's pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And then Wicked. And I fucking yes. love Wicked. I love this character. Did you ever read the series she was originally in? It was it was the Excalibur run. Oh, no. That was in Genosha after the, sl- the slaughter. Okay. And it's the few, the few surviving mutants. Okay, no. It's literally... It's Xavier and and Magneto, and then like Wicked, Freak Show, Shola and Cozy, uh, Eunice the Untouchable, and Callisto in one of her best ever runs. That's dope. It's a great book. They introduce Wicked. She can see ghosts, and she's in fucking like Genosha, yeah, where there's a million dead mutants. So she's like going crazy. There's mutants, dead mutants everywhere. It's really cool, and of course her design kicks ass. Of course. Uh, they did age her up a little bit, it looks like, because she was definitely like a younger girl. So, But, I mean, it's been a while since that happened. Um, but, yeah, Wicked. I love Wicked. Uh, and then, <laughs> of course, Kitty Pride's dad, <laughs> which I thought was really cool. So, um, yeah, I, I like that they're going to be making it. And it's just it's just the kind of mindfuckery I like. Also, Cerebra is going to be there, too. I should bring that up. So um what do you think so will this be like they're trying to revive threshold and genosha like almost like speeding up the queue they're using genosha as an egg to create threshold okay god damn it so, but also technically they're making sure the first civilization on the planet is mutant so this is technically a mutant world, not a human world. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's basically what's happening. Yeah, I'll... I think they're kind of repurposing all of the mutant potentiality of Genosha mm-hmm. to make it. Is basically what it is. Obviously, they're going to use a lot of powers to like fuck that in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I love the idea. It's great. Yeah, I just I, I love all the ideas I. That have been coming out from Marauders, like it's like I mean, yeah, like, like you said, like the Masters of Mutant Circuits. Um, if we're gonna experiment, might as well do it. Might as well do it here since New Mutants isn't here anymore. Uh, but 
there's just so much that they've been playing with here. And even, even like whatever happens with the communions, like 10 years from now, we can always come back to at least like this book that we can do shit like this, that we can like, there's been stuff that we've explored before that we can even then push it later with whatever like characters we get. Then um, this just will be such a great reference to come back to on like, again, power scaling, like power dynamics, mutant circuits, <laughs> never stop those. Yeah. Love it. Next up, X-Men 19. <laughs> I love this book so much. <laughs> All right. Written by Gary Dugan. Art by Stefano Caselli. Colored by Federico Blee. And letter by Clayton Cowles. So this is where the X-Men book actually starts tying into the Captain Marvel story. Yes. Um, because they go and rescue Corsair, who I love that in the if you look at this story and you see X-Men and Captain Marvel, I love that the third spoke is the Star Jammers. Because she was a star jammer. Oh, dope. Mm-hmm. So it really like makes it a full triangle. Everybody's got a relation to each other. Dope. Because uh-huh. she was also an X-Man, technically. And the X-Men are directly related to star jammers. Everything's linked. I really <laughs> like that. Uh, I was also very excited to see Monet in this issue. Yes. Didn't last long. But I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, Monet should be an X-Man because you fuckers don't know how to vote. Um, no, we won't get into that. The panel where she appears in, I fucking love her pose. That power pose is so good. She's a fucking badass, dude. Like, she's the fucking best. Um, yeah, so her and Forge have their own little mission, whereas everybody else goes to rescue Corsair. And we, we do get the news that, um, older Laura is going to be Talon, which is great. So I don't have to keep calling her older Laura. Yeah, Talon's a great um, name. Yeah, so, um, I love that. They're trying to rescue Corsair, and Everett's like, we got this. He's like, we've literally teamed up for hundreds of years. He's like, we probably have more chemistry together than any other two (laughs) X-Men, because we've been doing this that long. And they do. They're just fucking badass. Um, Really, really cool. And they're able to save Corsair, essentially. They ripped that little baby brood out, which is fucking crazy looking. I was like, huh? (laughs) Like, I was like, that's so Um, we also find out that when Everett uses powers from his memory, he's actually rapidly aging himself. That's when it happened. Yes. Because remember when he had the beard? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Uh, but we also cut back to Forge and Monet, who find themselves unconscious, which again, wibbly-wobby-timey-wimey. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and then a big fucking head because they're in nowhere which is a big fucking head so like yeah i'm very curious to see what's gonna happen maybe monet will be on the new x-men team please <laughs> for the love of god what do you think um it, it, it's awesome um i love a good alien, alien story and the brood and, and all of their armada um they're actually being being a threat again like where the fuck is brew like did he did he lose this egg or like the <laughs> that little shit that was so long ago and now we're in danger because of it like where did you mess up little guy um it, it's dope like um again i like the team Monet being part of it is awesome but I, it, it's it's i'm hoping talent doesn't overshadow Monet being part but Monet isn't even part of the book but so talent isn't either <laughs> I do like they found a way to put a, a Wolverine on the team without using without the actually having. Choice. Yep, <laughs> smart. Um, yeah, and I I I I like it a lot. Um, I just think like I wish the Brood was a big 
crossover across the entire line. Oh. Like mm-hmm. like a King in Black style. And then I was thinking, what if the fucking Clintar symbiotes teamed up with the Brood? The Clintar and you had like Ooh. Broods covered in symbiotes. And I'm like, <laughs> that'd be the coolest crossover. Everybody fighting those. But yeah. The is. slimiest, stickiest event. No. <laughs> Very vulnerable to fire, though. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But yeah. Times four damage. Yeah. All right. Final book of the week. We had to save it because it's the Sins of the Sinister book, Nightcrawlers number one. Oh, God. Now, so he did read it. He doesn't have his copy in front of him. Mm-hmm. So, written by Cy Spurrier, art by Paco Medina, colored by J. David Ramos, and letter by Clayton Cowles. So, the Nightcrawlers are literally like Nightcrawler DNA mixed with various heroes to make basically a hit squad for Sinister. Yep. And so. Uh, he's using it to hunt down the spirit of Variance Banshee. And the ones that we see there are um, uh, uh, Laura, uh, what is it? Um, Wagnerine is what they call her. There's a Toad one. There's a Pyro one. There's a Sabretooth one. There's a Domino one, who I love, by the way. Yes. And there's a Spider Man one. <laughs> uh, he uses his change scream on them and actually converts them to his side. But only some of them, the rest of them die. Also, there's an implate one who's not in that first shot. Uh, oh. But he is in a later one, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, so he's able to convert the uh, Domino one, the Spider-Man one, and the uh, Laura one, the Wolverine one. And they're like, yeah, what do we do now? And he's like, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, and then we get the coolest reveal. And it's one of those things that it's like, I don't know why I didn't see it. But also, there's no reason I would have seen it. You know what I mean? Like, right, yeah. It was already kind of obviously covered. Which is the Mother Righteous reveal. Mm-hmm. Well, we know who the fourth Sinister clone is. <laughs> We're wondering son where the heart bitch. is. He made himself hot. <laughs> that son <laughs> of a bitch. He would, too, wouldn't well, he? I mean, like, it's a, wasn't, he like, wasn't there like a Lady Sinister? Yeah, that's what I was saying. He would, he would fucking do that, wouldn't he? <laughs> bring it all, bring it all back. Yeah, <laughs> he's like bigger tits. Let's go. <laughs> um, we find out that the Ghost Rider uh, conversion thing is like temporary; it will fade away eventually. Um, and so, Wallcrawler, which is the Spider-Man uh, Nightcrawler combination, um, sacrifices himself pretty brutally. Also, they recruit others, including a Colossus one. Mm-hmm. I should I should mention that. Um, but yeah, basically, it's it's really cool, and the ending is weird because I know there's going to be a time skip. It's like something's about to happen, and we're about to time skip. Yes, and I'm like, I are they not going to tell us right away, and we're going to have to find out halfway through the next issue or something? Mm-hmm. But I really liked it. I, I I had a feeling this might be my favorite of the books. Oh, okay. Uh, of the three Sense of Sinister books. And I, I, that feeling has not gone away. <laughs> I think it's going to be my favorite. So what do you think? Um, I'm still going to wait how, how they bring back in Rasputin. So we'll see. That, that, I'm sure. still waiting for her. She's my, my, she was my favorite. Um, man, this event is just in, in fucking insane. <laughs> I like that like uh, Spider-Man was... Uh, or like the, this team needed... Uh, the token non-mutant character, like the reverse styles in this case, and it was Spider-Man. We called that a reverse Wolverine. 
um no um great stuff i'm trying um yeah the, the mother righteous stuff like reveal was definitely like, so sweet like how are all these gonna play out and like what we know now with like with destiny and like and like the one with the this club right or the, the old man one yeah the orb the orb one yeah <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wait for, for next week when it'll be like the end of like the first chapter with immortal x-men and how how what this means for the first chapter and where, where how this is really gonna move forward necrolis is like the fun one for sure uh but there's there's they were they were so fucking scary at first before they got controlled over I also forgot to mention the Dr. Nemesis and actual Nightcrawler appearance. Oh my God. The Nemesis was so gross. <laughs> I love Nemesis. It's great. I thought it'd be great if he was still counting the pie numbers. Oh Jesus. From then. Yeah. 10 <laughs> years later. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would love that actually. But yeah. Um, yeah. It's really good. My worry about this crossover is that at the end of it, Sinister is going to get Moira and kill her. And we're going to literally go back and nothing changed. And he's just literally like, well, that didn't work. And then they just move on. Like, I'll be fucking furious if this is how that is. Because it's basically the mutant equivalent. Of, it was all the dream. Like, <laughs> I mean, like that's what we know is gonna, is, is how it should. And I'm wondering how, yeah, like, what's going to be, end up, what's going to end up as canon afterwards? Or even with those bodies. Like, they, they, get, they, ha- they have to get rid of all of the bodies. Like, they, they, we can't have all these warriors be lingering about. Um, I wonder if they're. I think come- it'd be cool if, like, he does that, but they do something in the future to bring Rasputin back, so she's around because mm-hmm. we want her around. And her being like, "Let me tell you what this motherfucker did in my timeline." Oh, and then he's like, "Ruh row <laughs> like basically, <laughs> like, I'd like that. Yeah, no, it's nice. sinister. It's just it's fucking great. Yeah, that's it for our issues this week. Josue, what else have you been reading? Um, I took another big chunk into um, Age of Apocalypse. Yay! Yes. So I made it into... Basically, it was like the, the main the main portion, which was um, all of the books' issues twos and threes, like the lead-up to... Um, actually, and fours. No, threes and fours, uh, the lead-up to um, the Omega issue. It's really good. Like, honestly... <laughs> I, I think I have, to, I have to agree with Generation Next is probably like my favorite arc out of out of all of them. I really do like all the characters. It's uh, so grim. It it is very grim. I think that, that might be why I like it. Like the Chris Wachalov's like art is just so different from all of the other books. All the other books have like this like lighter approach, lighter tones, and these pages it seems like they're they're coming off of like off of black pages instead. It's like. It's, yeah. it's such a drastic change, um, but it makes the it makes the crater feel so oppressive. Yes, and also because his art is so insane, the enemies just look terrifying. Like even Quietus was weird looking, uh-huh. but Sugar Man and the really big dudes, fucking horrifying. Mm-hmm. Like those are some of the craziest things I've seen in any X Men book ever. I want to cosplay Quietus so fucking bad with my hair. I, w- I want to do it so bad. I took some pictures. I have a shirt that kind of has like the like the colors, but not it's not striped. It's a, it's a plaid one, but I'll I'll post it later. <laughs> it's, I would actually would love to just like, get that coat and and do him really bad. So, did you finish Generation Next? Um, wait. Uh, let me get to like that bookmarker because it was towards the end. Because the final issue of Generation Next is one of my favorite single issues of comics ever. It's it has one of my favorite panels ever. Four, four, four. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Okay, so spoilers for uh, 
decades long, decades old, old crossover. <laughs> the part where Colossus goes back for her. Oh yeah. I was I I've never been more actually upset at a comic and just angry. And it sh- and it sh- and it shuts on him. Yes. And her look, and she catches his eye. Holy! She, she, and, I love her face. Like her, she's fucking great, isn't here in this, isn't she? Yeah. Like I fucking love her. She's probably the MVP of the whole crossover for me. <laughs> like the shot of her, like down blasting away with the energy in the fight. The fight she cannot win. No, she's surrounded yeah. by enemies. It's like one last stand, and uh, she's a fucking badass, dude. I love that shit. It's like it's angry. It's like this desperation, but it's like this acceptance of like of seeing like his like, like his eye it's fucking closing it's it's like you did this to us uh, like you I pushed us you pushed us here like yeah it's all all on you <laughs> and the mondo moment yeah mondo's fucking awesome the whole time and like i like how he's just like there but it's like he's not fully present it's crazy that it's like in at this day in this time like his mutation could like kill her inside instead of like Oh, he's like she's safe. She's inside. Like Mondo's taking care of her. No, that's also a ticking, a, a ticking time bomb too. It's 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 all fucking awesome. Uh, I the, think the Sugar Man tongue. I was like, oh, the stabby. <laughs> and then skin and chamber. Mm-hmm. Like the best bros in all of comics. Honestly, I love yeah, like friendship. this one. Just like I, I just like I liked how everybody felt like they had lived out this life. All the other ones like just like are about the superheroes, they're on their own missions and they have their history. This like these these kids like really were brought up from this timeline and that sucks. Like you really get to feel like in their vo- in their voices. Cuz we know how they were originally and you can see how different they are because of this world. So jaded, so bitter. Yeah, yeah, so jaded over every over this over this whole world it's just it's not fair. <laughs> I fucking love that book. It's so good, dude. Like and, um yeah, I'm really excited you're reading through it because I'm like, oh, yeah. So I think by fun. by for for the next episode, I should have it wrapped up because um, I'm like a couple of pages like to get to Omega, but then I'm I'm tackling the the companion to to be and then leading up to to the ending because even that still. So I did read a little bit of the, the companion. There was um, I thought I thought everybody else was dead, but I got to the part where um, the the X universe plot where it's like the the fantastic four show up or like what's left of them and like and hulk is around and it's, it's like a well the, the, the humans last last stand portion of it all so that, that was a cool um, i like those they're, they're kind of fun yeah there's a little bit of extras i want to say my second favorite book out of this uh, uh, it's like the the main line is i want to say weapon x i like larry cool, larry hama and andy uh Kubert just or Hubers are in it is just so badass. The, sh- the short hair Jean Grey looks bad. Yeah, and and it's just like, and it's just, it's so sad because I mean it's like, it's like the sadness of it all. It's like in this fucked up timeline, Logan finally got Jean, and it's I mean it's it's a dreadful world. But even then, even then, when it's time for when it's mission to go, they have to split up. They can't even be together. <laughs> it's so good. And, and in comes Scott, motherfucking. And here comes motherfucking Scott, being like, "I knew you." It's like, get the fuck out of here, you cycloptic fuck, <laughs> fucking race traitor. Get the fuck out of here. Um, did you finish Gambit and the Externals? Um, yes, yeah, because because they made it, they made it back home. That Roberto sacrifice. Oh man, Roberto is so good. Is really good. Um, and- I 
that him absorbing that radiation and turning white lives rent free in my fucking. That was really cool. I do, I'm waiting for that to come back in the Rokon. I, li- I like I like that spin on his power. Just like just like was that almost like triggering a second mutation? Yeah, like he's just overloaded with this insane amount of cosmic radiation, and he's the only one that can absorb it. It's so fucking good. Like I love that. I love that whole book. It's almost as good as Generation X. That's my second favorite one. Um, well, and I, I really like Astonishing quite a bit. Too. And uh, yes, yeah, so because it's in Gambit. Because because then they show up. That because that's when they start bleeding over. I think um, the book also, where the book where Ex- Exodus. I really like Exodus in this timeline. Amazing. I, I, I like him as a, as a good as as, as a good guy. Yeah, he's great. Right. Like he's. It, I like the idea that Magneto got to him before Apocalypse. Could, yes fuck him up that's the whole point like and i really like that and then the i like astonishing because it follows blink and Sabretooth. <clears throat> the fucking Sabretooth fucking crucified and she finding him a shot that also <laughs> fucking devastated me as a child good like, shit like, um the that. one that so hit cool. me uh, i think what was solidified i think uh weapon xb number two was um issue three the carol danvers uh plot I loved her. I loved her so much. And then her sacrifice was so badass. Like, I hate seeing her go. I, I hated seeing her die. Uh, but it was really, really fucking cool. I also, like, lobotomized Emma Frost. <laughs> like, Oof. I was like, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so, uh, so good. We, we could talk about this for an hour. We're, <laughs> we're, we're going to have to do this for book club. At one point. Oh, absolutely. I would I'd definitely reread through it. Or at least, like, at least, like now knowing the full scope getting like the main portion of it all absolutely yeah that, that was that was it for all, all the guests i read for for this week too awesome all right i'll be quick i finished weird sisters by terry pratchett mm-hmm. um uh it's as good as i remember it's fantastic it's i love it so that's one of the ones i have listened to or read all the way through i should say um the next one up i think is pyramids um I'm just double checking. Yeah, Pyramids, which I've never read, so I'm very interested about that nice. one. After that is Guards, Guards, which opens up my favorite part of Discworld, which is the City Guard. They're great. The City Watch, they're they're amazing. I love that stuff. So very excited to get that, but I have to wait for my credit, which is in like a week. So I also uh, read this, Free Country. This is nice. one of the books starring the Dead Boy Detectives. Oh, cool. Um, it's a crossover book, actually. Mm-hmm. So, um, But yeah, it's it's really cool. Um, I wouldn't have liked, because we're reading back through, or reading the new series, I wanted to read back through it. And I just went through all my stuff. You could probably tell my shelves in the back are completely different. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I found it, and I'm like, I'm going to read that again. So, really good. I really enjoyed it, actually. Nice. So. And I also got, in the mail today, you might have seen my tweet, buy visibility yes. to still buy. Uh, it came with a trading card for a character named Grace. Oh. And she has the power. If this card is the only bisexual card in play, she gains plus two to all stats. Hell yeah. Which is, is great. Um, it also came with this pen, which is very big. Like, oh, it's, it's just buy. great pen. I know. I cannot wait to wear this to cons and stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to read the book because I literally got it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm very excited to. And yeah. Other than that, that's pretty much it. I've been reading back through some D&D books because we're still planning our next campaign. I'm trying to plan my character some more. and uh, But yeah, that's it. Mostly I've been cleaning. Um, I've boxed and boarded everything. Nice. Um, my closet is full of boxes, so I have to take them to my storage unit. <laughs> but I've converted all my current series to long boxes oh, just to cool. make it easier. Because mm-hmm. I was literally shuffling like 12 boxes. 
and that was getting ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I had to split DC between three boxes at one point. I was like, it's stupid. <laughs> so, and then, uh, then uh, Batman Urban Legends ended, and I was had half a box free because they're also fucking. Thin. Oh yeah, so that's good. I moved them to the archive. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it. Um, all right. Well, that is, those are the issues that we had this week. Make sure to check us on on Twitter. You can find uh, the show at WHI Podcast. You can find me at WHI Podcast Keith. You can find our producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz. You can find Josue at Josue Reads Josue. If you follow us on Twitter, you'll get an announcement every time there's a new episode, which should be every Saturday morning. You'll get a complete list of every issue that we review, as well as timestamps to help you jump from publisher to publisher in case you just want to care about what Knott's doing. So make sure to follow us in there once again at WHI Podcast. Follow our other show, Jukebox Vertigo, at Jukebox Vertigo. Jukebox Vertigo is a certain POV joint where we put together musical playlists based on a randomized category every other week with our friends and special guests. Um, the next episode that we will have come out, which will be this next Monday, is Side Projects. And we haven't recorded it yet, which is unique. We usually record it before this show. Yeah. So I can't tell you if it went well or not. <laughs> I'm sure it did. I'm sure um, it does. But I know that me and Amanda were looking up some real shit bands and Hillsway is going to have some fun. Um, <laughs> no, I doubt we're going to use them. I'm not. She might. Okay. Amanda. Uh, so, but yeah, make sure to check that out at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. Uh, like I said, that show should come out on a Monday morning. So every other Monday, including this next Monday. Uh, after the episode comes out that evening, make sure to check out Josue on Josue, uh, plays Josue on Twitch. Um, he does a listen party for all the songs that are added. And we all, we're all usually in the chat having a good time and chit chatting. And yeah, just be there. It's a really great time. And just follow Josue on there in anyways, because he plays a lot of games. He, boards his comics sometimes he sits there and reads comics while you watch which i love yep um, it's a new one. i popped on i was watching you just read comics i'm like okay yeah, it's, a, it's <laughs> so, a new one it's a new one because you know what just like might as well let the ads roll it's better than hogwarts legacy <laughs> exactly so, <laughs> so yes um so once again thank you so much for joining us don't forget to backboard and box your new treasures and we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books stay safe and to quote scott lang Look out for the little guy. Ah.